evil. Now I just can have that as it. That's like saying you can out-act the paper bag. And now... Hi, everybody, and welcome once again... The world famous... Yeah, that are hatched from a dead rooster. I buy that for a dollar. Those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm the worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Drop a baby, buggy poppers. Lazarus, what's up, dude? Welcome to the show. Hey, man, thanks for having me, man. The legendary Mark McKenna, welcome to the show. Yay. Yay. <laughs> That's, that's the best we can do, Mark. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show. Round table show. Hey, if you could draw anything for Big Two, man, what would your dream project be? I would love to draw She Hulk right here on PSN Radio. Ira. Welcome to tonight's episode of the Round Table Show. I am Zod Ryder. And we have the Zod, well, not the Zod, but the round table pyramid here. We have, <laughs> we have. It gets confusing after a while, right? Helpful. Yeah, we're like the, we're like, we're like going on some sort of, uh, pyramid trinity thing going on right now. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty interesting. What do you guys think? Pow, pow. Yeah, no, I mean, the pyramid show. That was yeah. a great intro, great intro. This is the roundtable show, not the pyramid scheme show, but round, yeah, I can see where... Roundtable pyramid scheme show. <laughs> well, he almost called us the Zod Rider pyramid. He did. Almost sounds, yes. it, it, it sounds not safe for work, you know what I mean? That kind of sounds like something Yeah, no, find. I didn't mean to say that. I just was. I actually <laughs> almost said Zod, Zod Rider show by mistake, but oh, it's, only because we, it's only because we've, you know, have only been doing the roundtable back again now for two weeks, so... Trying to give back. Yeah, but after a year, a row, able to oh, say, I, mean, yeah, well, I know it's crazy. Thing, you know? Yeah. That's a good thing. yeah, no, I mean, like we're we're we're, we're beating the odds, man. It's only one, there, you know. There's only one movie we should be talking about uh, this weekend, and that movie is Lego Batman. For real, we should Bad be talking good, huh? about Lego Batman. I agree. I mean, it, it's really good. It's I, incredible. I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it's incredible, but I mean, it's definitely fun. <laughs> it's definitely good. It's definitely one of the most fun Batman movies that there. Yeah, but it's a movie with Legos. How, how incredible! Yeah, could it really but be? it's. I mean, it's it's good acting. I haven't it's seen good. it, so I'm gonna play the uh, the protagonist here. I haven't seen it. Uh, I have oh, no man. idea. You know, I have it's no idea how good it is. So it's, it's, really, it's a it's a Lego movie. Yeah, the, yeah, the protagonist yeah. is the good guy. We're the, we're the yeah, yeah. You're the good guys. I'm always the bad guy. Yeah, you're right. We're defending Will Arnett, <laughs> and Will Arnett. I always thought he should have played the Joker because I think like if you ever see like um, Hush, the Jim Lee um, uh, uh, Tim Sale book, like the way the Joker's drawn in that, like I could totally see Will Arnett playing that. Yeah, yeah I can see that. This is what the DCU needs to do right now. I'm gonna tell, but, I'm gonna put it out there. DC needs to let Will Arnett play the Batman and just let it do be like a throwback to the 1960s. Oh no! Like an, oh like no, updated, no, no! Like an updated version of like the 1960s Adam West Batman, Not- but just but just like update it with modern sensibilities, kind of like Lego Batman, but do it do it in live action. That's what they I don't know. Do. I, I think I think his pervy sense of humor was able to skate by fine in Lego format, but I don't. I, I think that it'd be a little too touchy in live action because. Well, he's... you know what it would almost be like. It would almost be like like the like the Tick. You know that show, the Tick. You know, have you heard? Have you heard, ever heard yeah, of that? No, no, no. I, of course. Yeah, but that's yeah, if, you're, if you're gonna go backwards and you're gonna make it full camp. I mean, uh, really, do you want to see a campy well, Batman? I mean, again? at this point, what are they gonna do? They can't seem to get their stuff straight. We don't. We don't know if there's gonna be. If there's going to be a Batman movie, if there's not going to be a Batman movie... No, 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 there's definitely going to be a Batman movie. We just don't know if Ben Affleck's going to star in it anymore no, because no, supposedly they, he's 
planning on bailing out of that he's too. Bailing. I, he's bailing. I'm saying it right now. We're we're done. after Justice League. You won't see Ben Affleck anymore. Guys, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Ben Affleck's involvement going forward after Justice League all depends on the box office results of Justice League and Wonder Woman. If these two movies either fail to perform at the box office or they flop outright or they just underperform like you know the other last uh, few batches of these movies have underperformed or do a little bit worse or slightly worse than say Batman vs. Superman then yes I, I could see him bailing out of the project because there, there really is no need to go forward when it's clear that the audience don't Love they'll your cat. They'll get mad. They'll they don't get love Mad Damon to play Batman. He can take that. Will ne- that literally would that literally will never happen. <laughs> and no, like just think about how big they'd have to make the cowl to fit on that giant mutated head. Now here's the like, thing. Here, here's here's a major. Hold on. Here's a, a great mistake by the Warner Brothers. Uh, you know, casting department. They could have actually done a, a really a, 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 a lot of help to themselves. By casting Matt Damon to play like Aquaman or somebody like that, and really having you know more of those kind of star power, you know, join the the, uh, the DCU, especially for, you know he's like what Ben Affleck's butt buddy. I mean, like they're, they're best right. friends. Why well, wouldn't you have really him play been, the, like Aquaman? They haven't really been that close because Walker Jennifer Gardner, Jennifer Gardner chased away all of his friends. So like him and that's why um, Matt Damon's more chummy with like um, George Clooney and Brad Pitt because like basically. Jennifer Gardner. Yeah, nobody wants to see George Clooney back, brought back into the DCEU. I'm sorry. That's... <laughs> well, they could get they could get uh, the first time around that didn't work out too well for George. Play, uh, <laughs> they could get George Clooney to play. They could turn it all on its head and get George Clooney to play Thomas Wayne, and they can do Flashpoint and and totally and have uh, have that would be interesting. Clooney actually, like I could see anti-hero that anti-hero type Batman changes image completely. That would be I could see that. If they did like Thomas Wayne the Demon, the movie, fuck, hell yeah, dude. I mean, I with George, love- with George Clooney and have George Clooney just totally, you know, turn the world on its ear by playing a badass like anti-hero. But do we really? Do we want to see George Clooney redeemed? I mean, do we really want to sit through that? Honestly, <laughs> no. He, he, he bugs the hell out of me. I, every time, every time I hear the man speak, I just want to hit him. The bad part. Don't leave home without it. I'm not even talking about him acting. I'm talking about like him in real life. Every time I see him at an award show or him give his two cents about anything, I'm you just watch I award just... shows. Look, I, I was I was kind of on the forgiving side of uh, the whole George Clooney thing. Okay, I was uh, even trying to like you know move past Batman and Robin and give him a, another shot as an actor. But the whole thing that he did with the whole Trump thing uh, over the last you know few months, where he got in, his, his stupid voice involved in that the whole thing, and uh, the the fact that the way he's acted over the last year, just in, in the media, you know, talking about politics, you know, that's rubbed me the wrong way for not only him but a lot of different people in in celebrities. Because you know what, I want to uh, see you as an actor. I want to see your product. I don't care about. Yeah, no, but here, here's the thing. That's what, that's what I'm saying. No, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm not just saying him alone. Let, let me finish talking. Hear the thought here, real quick. It's just a, not just him. There's a lot of the people, a lot of celebrities that have come out and done stupid shit that's rubbed me the wrong way because of the fact they're inciting violence, they're inciting riots, they're getting people to act stupid for no reason. You know, people listen to these stupid people like Madonna, Ashley Judd. You know, just to name a few. Uh, Amy Schumer, who I really don't consider much of a celebrity. More like a, she's a weird stalker chick. Oh, Tim's going to get so mad at you for that. Fuck Tim. But here's the thing. 
Amy Schumer is a nobody, right? She was a nobody before that horrible movie she made. She's still She's a nobody. She's gonna be Barbie! What are you talking about, nobody? <laughs> she, that, that movie's, that movie's dead on arrival if she's Barbie. Okay, first of all. Oh, second wow. of all, second of all, uh, let's just, you know, let's call it what it is. Celebrities, actors, Acting movies. Stop trying to get into politics, because yeah. when you do that, you just rub people the wrong way. I don't want to hear George Clooney sit there and talk all this kind of shit about Trump. When you know, really, George Clooney, you're you, you know, you you live in a bubble. You know what I mean? You're you are a rich white guy. You know what I mean? You don't live in the inner cities. You don't see the kind of problems that you know, Trump has been talking about, which are legit problems and legit things that he's going to tackle as president. Instead of you know going against the grain, you know, inciting riots, these guys just shut the fuck up and you know let you know the shit just happen. I mean, he's a president. Go get over it. You know what I mean? But the fact that he's gone on and talked in, in instead of promoting his movies, he's talked about like political stuff. It's like, dude, enough is enough. I don't even want to see George Clooney right now. It's like uh, Kaepernick. I don't want to see him play football anymore for a while it's, it's stupid it's anti-american it's anti you know it's just anti <laughs> it really is you laugh <laughs> but it is <laughs> I, I i i'm gonna say that um i agree to you to an, i agree with you to an extent i don't give a i don't give a rats about anybody's politics or opinion i i, I want to watch you pretend to be something right. i don't i don't care about your feelings on the world and um also what you're what you're talking about that plays right into what i was talking about with george clooney and his smugness and if you guys watched award shows you know what i was talking about when he won his oscar and he's up there oh us in hollywood we talk about it first we talk right. about a before you know and and, and th- that is what rubbed me the wrong way and he's kind of done the same thing i really don't feel bad about anybody talking mean about the goblin king but whatever you know i i i'm not a leg humper of his but um i i don't want to hear about them being pro him and i don't want to hear about them being against him I, i'm all for people having their own opinions but just like most other people i don't care if they have their own opinions I don't is, and I, and I, one thing is to have your own opinion another thing is to incite violence and riots and get people right, and involved gonna, and I, in those and things I'm gonna so I, and i'm going to say what i've said what i've said in dozens and dozens of conversations on facebook in regards to politics Whatever your politics is, that's great. That's fine. Whoever you support, don't support, that's great, too. We don't need to hear about it every day. Nobody right. cares. Just Nobody live your cares. life and do and do what you have to do. It's I, you, you do. You just get tired of hearing about it all in general. I mean, I agree with you on that level, too. It's like, why do we have to hear about it? We have to hear about it from celebrities. We have to hear about it from everybody. It's whatever. Just doesn't matter. You know, it's funny because uh, years ago when Bush was in office, uh, there was, uh, uh, I think it was uh, Dave Chappelle. Who made a, no, no, it was Dave Chappelle who made a, a joke about uh, Lil Wayne or something like that. That uh, the you know the, the president uh, we were under attack, and the president was uh, you know talking about uh, you know the, the things that was going on, and he was in New York, you know, just standing under the crisis of nine eleven, and then you know somebody in the news was like, "Has anybody figured out what Lil Wayne thinks about this whole thing?" And he's like. Who the hell cares what Lil Wayne thinks about what 9-11, when 9-11 happens? Like, seriously, who cares about what any of these celebrities think when it comes to politics? Act. You're actors. You're singers. You're rappers. Do your thing. Leave politics alone. I mean, or at least, if you're going to have politics, your political views, that's fine. Have them. But don't incite riots. Don't try to incite violence. You know, don't, don't do shit that comes completely off as anti-American. <laughs> if you don't like this, if you don't like the country, get the fuck out. <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell, please get the fuck out because she she was threatening to leave. 
And so far, she hasn't left. I'm very, I'm bitter about that. I really am. Orange lives matter, celebrities. Orange lives matter. Yes. Leave our orange president alone. Hey, you know who was also kind of orange uh, pigmented? Most and gingers. No, well, besides that, but he was a president too. Um, you can look this up. Also, he had a, he actually had a disease. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, John F. Kennedy was kind of orange. JFK. Yeah. What did he have? Jaundice? They have a bad liver or something? That's about something the only like thing that. I know yeah, that will make it. Yeah, but besides having a bad yeah. spray tan like our our current president, you got to have like liver problems. To, to <laughs> no, I think definitely Trump is like a bad tan because you look around his eyes, he has like little white spots. No, no, his no. Eyes, like. <laughs> he, he's he's like the Jersey Shore people. He's he's orange because of the spray tan, dude. Like, like you said, you could tell by his eyes because he's he, around his eyes, he's got normal colored skin, but the rest of him, he looks like he bathes in Cheeto dust. All right, so maybe. <laughs> Maybe he spends a lot of time in tanning booths. No, yeah, because it, he wouldn't be orange. He'd be like... No, but you know, the tanning booth, you do put those things around your eyes to protect your eyes, little goggles. And it's, they do leave after a long period of time. The goggles. Yeah, they will leave that kind of like a tan. I mean, they will People leave that kind of tan. People that naturally tan turn tan, though. They don't turn orange. You, you, you're, you kind of become like this... The only other person, the only other person <laughs> who's that orange is Hulk Hogan. True. And he, well, no, he's kind of dark, though. I mean... Yeah, and he's really. I think he just comes off that color because he puts so much baby oil on himself. He's all yeah. shiny. He looks like he's made out of plastic. Which is kind of disturbing to think about. Sixty-year-old Hulk Hogan rubbing baby oil over himself. That's, <laughs> That's right, brother. Ooh, it's gonna. Oh yeah, brother. Uh, I'm gonna run wild on baby he's oil. Run wild, <laughs> brother. Yeah, he needs to be in the DCU too. Oh wait, no, people don't like him. He's racist. Who, who would Hulk Hogan play in the DCEU? I mean, seriously, Rick Flag. Yeah, no. I'm a soldier, and you're a killer that takes a credit card. We already got a Rick Flag. Yeah, there. no, Hulk Hogan needs to fight his own character. Like honestly, like, who would like, you pick? Honestly, Joel Kedeman as Rick Flag. He should be the Coulson for the DCEU movie. He should be in all of them. He's he was so great. This is a le- this is Katana. She's got my back. I suggest not getting killed by her. Her sword <laughs> traps your soul inside of it. <laughs> Uh, just so many great lines for that character. Uh, so DCEU, since we're on the topic, you guys uh, heard who the leading candidate for the director position is for Suicide Squad 2. Yeah, right? it's uh, oh, George Clooney. No, no, no. <laughs> that would be incredibly bad, though. <laughs> no. It's, it's Paul Feig. Mel, 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 Mel Gibson. That's right, the Passion of the he Christ direct, director honestly, himself. he should direct Man of Steel too. No lie. No, he Mel Gibson should direct, do Man of Steel too. And good he, I agree movie. because that I agree with that because then finally uh, Jim Caviezel will have a chance to be in a Superman movie because he'll bring him along he, for sure. That or he'll like replace Henry Cavill with Andrew Garfield. That would be hilarious to see Spider-Man play Superman and. <laughs> Well, from what I understand, like uh, Mel Gibson didn't just redeem his career with <laughs> he brought Andrew Garfield back with him, which I think is great news. So maybe like we could actually get like a because Andrew Garfield's a crybaby ass fool too, but he can at least portray emotion, unlike Cavill. So like even though he looks nothing like Superman, I think he might actually be a better. No, Superman. what Andrew Garfield needs to like play already is Anthony Perkins in the life story of Anthony Perkins because he is a. Goddamn, like clone of Anthony Perkins. Or if they if they decide to Psycho uh, remake the movie. Psycho, yeah. they can use him. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. And he would he would be so much better than Vince Vaughn, who was also in Hacksaw Ridge. That'd be funny because yep. we'd have a movie, a war movie with two psychos in it. Duh. Speaking of which, Vince Vaughn was very good in Hacksaw Ridge. Very good. I mean, you normally oh, equate. Yeah, but you know, normally you're. Role. I mean, he's usually no, he, shit in dramas, but he was good. No, but here's the thing: he, like, you normally don't equate him with a com with you know a, a kind of role like that. You you know, you think of him as a comedy wedding, you know. Wedding uh, crashers, you know that kind of humor, old school. But yeah, but I mean, this it was a completely different. You know, it was a departure of like what you normally would think of him, and he was fantastic in that. Which is funny because we first came to know Vince Vaughn in serious roles. He just became famous in comedy roles. Because remember, the first time we saw Vince Vaughn on the big screen was what uh, Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park too. Yeah, and uh, then we saw him in Psycho, which is a uh, serious movie. So, and uh, of course, he made the movies uh, with uh, John Favreau, uh, Made, and all those other movies. So, and while they had comedy in them, they were they weren't really comedy movies. So, I mean, we knew him uh, originally as more of a serious actor who just blew up because of his comedy movies, but. It's funny swingers, to swingers, to swingers had drama to it, but it all had to do with Favreau. Whenever, whenever right. Vaughn was on screen, it was full on comedy. Mama's little boys all grossed up and shit. And like, um, uh, he, he, that I think that that is what incited him as a comedian. I think after that, that's all people wanted to see of him for a while. And then um, when he tried to come out and do drama, it's just I, he picked bad roles. Maybe it just didn't work out for him. He did like stuff like um, True Detective season well, two. That True was Detective, awful. yeah, that was awesome. So, I mean, that's why um, I think that maybe if he really wants to break in to um, doing drama again, he should just show uh, a, a reel of his stuff from Hacksaw Ridge, and I think he would actually land some decent ro- um, drama roles finally. I agree. Yeah, I think he probably would. And, and again, I highly recommend that movie, everybody. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's a great, great film, Hacksaw Ridge. So Damn. Mel Gibson as uh, the director of Suicide Squad 2. I, I'm down. I, I really hope that... I, ho- I really hope he gets to retool the cast a little bit. I hope they keep mm. Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang because he was the best part of the film. Um, they need to rewrite um, Deadshot a little bit, but I think Will Smith is actually salvageable as that character. Um, and I think Mel can actually bring it together as long as they don't neuter him like they did David Ayer and decide to get fucking Trailer Park to to edit the film for him they actually let mel gibson like sit in with a real editor and, and cut a, a decent film together i think that suicide squad 2 has a decent chance of not just being a schlocky um cringe fest here's, you know here's I mean? the thing i think here's why i think and let me speak before you guys over talk me here and try to get your thoughts across for a second uh here's why i think actually mel gibson is the perfect director for this kind of you know position for this movie or a movie like this for a studio movie he is coming back from limbo. This is a guy who uh, was, uh, ex- you know, exiled from movies for a while because of his situation. He has now been able to, to manage to uh, salvage his career with his great film Hexar Ridge. He is doing, you know, what uh, a lot of people didn't think he would be able to do, which is make himself a viable director again. Now, with that said, he is also on very on a very very tight edge when it comes to the, as you know being a director. Uh, to the point where if he works for a studio picture like this, a big studio project like this, he almost guaranteed he's going to give you the best performance as a director. He's going to do the best job possible. But I guarantee you he will not be a problem when it comes to editing the movie if the studio wants certain things done because he does not want to piss off the studios because he wants to continue to get these kind of projects now that he's revived his career. So he's going to be very 
politically correct with the studios, very studio-friendly, unlike some of the directors who have not had the kind of issues he's had. So he's going to be easier to work with with, with the studios. He's going to be more manageable with the studios. Plus, you're getting a, a, a director who is a fabulous director in, in his own right, and he's a fabulous editor in his own right. So I, I'm sure there's going to be very little butting of heads with the studio because he knows what the studios want to begin with. He's not like one of these ABC directors who has has no idea, you know, what the studio wants, like Josh Trank. He just has his own idea. And he wants to just do what he wants to do. And, you know, so for, when you're talking about big movies like these, they connect universes, you kind of have to go with a lot of what the mandates is with the studios because the studios have their agendas laid out, and you're just one piece of the puzzle. This is not like a standalone movie. And a lot of folks don't understand that they're making these these movies, and that's why WB keeps failing because they, you know, they're giving projects I think to the wrong people that are trying to do their vision instead of trying to do a grand vision, and that's where Marvel got it correct. Marvel got the right directors involved. They understood the proper long-term vision for the for the Marvel universe, and they got people that understood that they're pieces of a puzzle, and they allowed the studios to come in. And the ones that didn't play along were like the Edgar Wrights of the world who didn't make their movie because they weren't in, yeah. in, into the whole studio project mindset. And that's what I think that Warner Brothers needs to find these directors that are really into the whole studio mindset of a long-term vision. And I think Mel Gibson, again, will work perfectly for that because of, A, he's a great director, so there's going to be very little of butting of heads, because he's going to go into these things, into this movie, already kind of understanding what the studio wants and knowing what they want. So it's probably going to be very little interaction where he comes to like, change this, or you have to do this differently, because He's going to understand what they want. He's done big pictures before. He's done big projects. Well, he, so he's, he's that kind of director. Pro- yeah. He, he's, done them, he's done them for Warner Brothers. He's actually had a very long working history with that right. company, the Lethal Weapons. And a lot of his projects were done by Warner Brothers. I think Passions of the Christ is the only one he didn't actually do with them. So he's already pretty much on friendly terms with these people. I mean, he's having to re-ingratiate himself with them. But... They're old friends that he is schmoozing up to. So I think that you are really on to something, and um, you just kind of overlooked that one little detail in um, this whole um, jive thing that's going on with him and this company. And Well, he's worked with them, but he's, he's worked with a lot of different companies over the years. I mean, he's done movies for several different uh, big companies. But the, the point is that he has uh, worked on big budget projects before. So the studio knows that this guy knows what he's doing when it comes to a big budget movie. Not only that, uh, he's, he's very clever as an editor. If you watch a lot of his movies that he's directed, he edits a lot of the movies themselves or he's involved heavily in the editing. So he's a very good editor as well as director. You know, editing and directing are two different things. And you gotta understand when you're making, making a movie. A lot of times the director sits in with the editors, but the editors are the ones that actually know how to put the pieces together that the director gives right. them. And yeah, two, no, no. you have to have two brains kind of involved. And he is a brilliant uh, filmmaker in the sense that he can sit there with the editor and understand how to get the edit, editing properly done because he knows how to use the technology in, involved in this thing. Now, I've known directors that are great directors behind the camera. They get great, great, they get great shots, but they don't know how to sit there and edit the, uh, a movie because they don't know how to use a computer properly. They don't know how to use the technology to edit the, pro- to edit the project. Even when they were doing old school where it was an actual film, and splicing them together. Yeah, I mean, they wouldn't even know how to do that, so they'll have to get a professional editor to do the whole work for them. In fact, I was involved in the project here in Miami where I did the score for a film, and it fell apart because the director didn't get, didn't like the editor. 
and the way the editor edited the film for him. But of course, the director couldn't edit the shit himself because he had no idea how to do how to do it. He had no understanding of the technology involved or the, the software and how to work that software. But you're talking about Mel Gibson, who understands how to. Yeah. You know, he knows how to sit there and edit the film himself. He's done it. He, you know, he's that clever of a director. J.J. Abrams knows how to do that. That's why his movies have been so successful, and he's always involved heavily in the editing as well. Christopher Nolan is, you know, that kind of a techie nerd type of guy who would sit there and edit a movie, you know, for endless hours, and he knows how to go through that process. Him and his brother actually are, are really good at that. So there's a, there's a lot of directors that are good at that, but there's also a lot of directors that are not good at that. So it's good for the studios to get that kind of director because he'll be able to sit there with their editor that comes in that has their mandates and not butt heads with them. And it'll be a much smoother process for the studio, which is at the end of the day what the studio wants. So that's why I think he's just he's perfect for this kind of position. And another and reason he why he's he, he's perfect for something like Suicide Squad is Mel Gibson also has a great sense of humor, and he's really yep. good at dark humor. And that's yep. what Suicide Squad needs not not Marvel pandering jokes, but actually some good gallows humor, which Mel Gibson is very good. If you like watch um, Blood Father and some of his um, Get the Gringo Payback, and there's some really really dark jokes up in there, and but they're really funny. So I think if he brings that to his characters, it might actually give it more of like a Suicide Squad feel than um, just kind of a movie that, oh, it's edgy, but it's got jokes, too, you know? Right, and right I think right. that that's another reason why he would be really good for this. I mean, I wanted to love Suicide Squad when I first saw it. I really did. But when I saw it, I was, you know, it, something like, it was just off about that movie. And uh, it was it was like a film that didn't know what it wanted to be. And it kind of was stuck in, does it want to be an action movie? Does it want to be a comedy? Does it want to be a comic book movie? Does it want to do, you know, what is it? Is it bad guys? Are they good guys? I mean, it just, it was a lack of proper directing. And that's, I think, what really the movie suffered from, more than even the studio tankering or tinkering with it. And it was just a, a bad choice of a director. And David Ayer is a good director. You know, he's not a bad director. He just wasn't right for this uh, particular project. He, wa he yeah. wasn't ambitious enough to step up and tell uh, and fight for what he wanted. Right. In the film. And I, I think Mel Gibson will go in completely different looking at it. All right, this is a script. This is what I would do differently, but I'm not going to butt too much heads with them and we'll, you know, meet at, you know, this crossroad here and, you know, we'll be able to meet. And I think he'll be a lot easier to work with in that sense. David Ayer just, I, I think he had his own vision and when they, they butted heads, it kind of fucked up the whole project, and we ended up seeing a movie that felt like it was a fucked up movie. It didn't really feel like it was cohesive, you know, it didn't feel like a, a cohesive movie. It felt like very, uh, off, you know, at points. And, and that's kind of been like the whole problem with the DCEU. And, and again, it's because of bad choices in directors. Zack Snyder. He's a, he's a, like, Zack Snyder is he, a music video director. He can make pretty pictures. He can make pretty he can. pictures. He can make great music videos. He can make pretty. Uh, he's a great cinematographer. I'll give him that. But he's not a good director. His films that have worked so well, it's because they were well written. Dawn of the Dead was so great because James Gunn wrote an incredible script, and he worked off of a great script, and that's why that's his best film. And then his other two films that people throw up there are based off of classics. You have Three Hundred and Watchmen, which all he had to do was bring pretty pictures somebody else already made to life and he did a decent enough job at that but where his man of rubber and martha the movie fall apart is because they actually oh, stopped movie, and like asked that. <laughs> him, they actually stopped and asked him 
oh, do you want to tell this story? And he's like, oh, can I? And it's like, you you remember my great film that I wrote, Sucker Punch? I, I, I've been dying to do this again. And it's like, you remember his great movie, Sucker Punch? And you're going to let him do it again. Okay, yeah, look, you get what you got I, for you. I wouldn't even say he's not ambitious enough as a director because to go in there and, and pitch a Batman versus Superman movie, that's pretty damn ambitious. So I'm not going to say he's not ambitious as a director. I just don't think he has the, the skill knowledge to tell a story properly. And that's where he falls apart. That you know, he, the thing. Well, I think quiet. I think again as a visual as a visual director, that's where you where you need good writers to come in and help you with that, so that you can put those pretty pictures on the screen. It, it, it's like, it's but wasn't that what Chris Terrier was supposed to do? And he came in, and, and the movie still sucked. Well, Chris Terrio was Ben <laughs> Affleck's boy. I don't, you know, I'm not. Uh, yeah, but he's I'm Warner Brothers' really, like go to guy right now because of Argo. Like they love Chris Terrio because of Largo. So I, I mean, don't think it, you're gonna like him too much after after the two flops that he gave him with that, and then Ben Affleck's little gangster movie that they just worked on together. I think Chris Terrio is kind of in the same boat as like fucking um, Sad Fleck. I think that they're both kind of in um, a quasi limbo. Um, like it, it, they they got a great working relationship with um, Warner Brothers, and even if they bail on the Batman movie, like they're still gonna keep them around until. They completely bl- um, blow another film, but um, I don't think that they're on the best of terms. I don't think that Warner Brothers is just going to be throwing them stuff willy-nilly anymore. I think that they're kind of on the same kind of trip that the Wachowski brothers have finally landed themselves on. You know what I mean? Kind of like I don't. I don't, don't know if it's like- that bad. I don't know if it's that bad. I think honestly, look, Warner Brothers loves them as a director. They love Ben Affleck as a director. Um, as an actor, I think they might be fifty-fifty with him right now because of you know the. Uh, last few flops, uh, but I don't think they they hate him as a director. I mean, Argo, Gone Girl, those movies made money. They they banked for the studio, and uh, that's something that doesn't go away that easily. Uh, now, if he has flop after flop after, and he continues to have multiple flops now in a row, then eventually they might say, okay, we're moving away from Ben Affleck. Uh, but you know, when it comes to his projects outside of the uh, the comic book universe, uh, you know, he does have you know movies that are good, movies that are bad, just like any other director, any other actor. The, but the thing is, with Ben Affleck, um, he, he marries himself to certain writers for a while, uh, and he does multiple projects with these guys. And if you notice, the first one usually is really good, then the second one sucks, the third one sucks. Until he finally finds another writer to, like, to kind of marry himself with for a while. And that's where he, he really messes himself up. I think he, if he stops working with Chris Terrio and finds another writer, or a couple other writers, and starts working on projects with them, and then does a movie with them and then switches to different writers and kind of keeps it moving. I think he'll, he'll find that he probably make better movies, first of all, because he's not... When you work with somebody over and over and over again, you usually start watering down, you know, the... the I guess the ideas that come, you know, be, you know, back and forth between the same people. You know, when you keep it fresh and you keep it new, new ideas come out. New thoughts come out. New, th- new, you know, new ways of making movies come out. And I think that's part of the problem is he's too married to Chris Terrier right now. And it's like, what, their fourth movie together? Did he work on The Town with them? Did Terrier um, work on The no. Town? No. I think Argo was his first project. And okay. then he did Batman vs. Superman. Uh, he's involved in Justice League. He's involved in the Batman with him also. I mean, that's like, what, four? And I don't know if he did The uh, the Accountant. I don't know if he was involved in that or not or the other movie that he did. But, I mean, he's done like four or five movies with the guy now. At some point, you know, the the, the formula is going to stop working. I think yeah, Chris, Ter- Chris Terrio's been involved in, in all those, it looks like. Uh, Ju- Justice League, Batman vs. Superman, um, 
even the the second Justice League movie as well, the Batman. Right. I mean, and this guy is proven. He's proven nothing. He had, yeah, Argo is a decent movie. I liked it. I, I even gave Argo a good rating when it came out. Great movie. I'm not gonna argue that. Not a comic book movie. So what gives you the the idea that this guy, because he made a good movie like Argo, that he can make a comic book movie like Superman? Yeah, he's won. Batman. He's won one. He's won one Oscar. Another sixteen wins and twenty two nominations for other things. So he's, yeah, I don't well, know. Well, but not for movie, not for movie writing because of Argo. Maybe because they love that was all Argo. Argo yeah, so because much. yeah, because look, he did Heights, which was uh, he did the because he's got that. seven because he's got seven credits, seven writer credits. But well, on IMDb he's got six uh, shows on here. He's got Argo, Batman vs Superman, uh, the Batman Justice League Part One and Part Two. And uh, a short uh, screenplay that he wrote uh, called Heights in 05. And, and there's another one called Book of Kings, too. Oh, but that's he's... not showing up on here. Yeah, but what, I mean, he's... Oh, that's a, well, short, that's a di- short credit. Yeah, that's a short credit. He's actually yeah. directed something, too. He directed a TV episode of a show Heights. called Damages. Wow. Damages, wasn't Ted dancing on that? Well, not the show after Becker. Damages. I'm showing up here, uh, Chris Stereo, right? That's what we're looking at. Uh, with Glenn Close and. I mean, I I see the uh, director short was uh, Book of Kings. Yeah. TV damages. Yep. I look wow. like Frankenstein, 2010. But here's the thing: very limited projects. Nothing is uh, original uh, IMDb or you know, background. Prior to Argo, was suggested this guy is oh he's perfect for a comic. Book Why movie. wouldn't and and this is just like a general question to you guys about these comic book movies. DC has got so much great talent writing these comic books. No, they these don't. Writers. Why don't they allow comic book writers to come on board and to help write the screenplays for these films? Like who? Scott the Wax Snyder? Yeah, that's all we need is two terrible Snyders working on these films together. No, thank you, man. Like. No, DC's DC. Um, they had they had a great idea with Rebirth, and they've already sunk that below lower than fucking DCU was. Uh, I don't know what the, where these great writers you see are coming from, but um, if they have them, Dan Didio fucking strangles them before they even can tell a good story, and and Marvel's not doing much better with their writers, hence why they're not letting people like Al Ewing write. Marvel movies, you know what I mean? Because they have awful writers there, too. So I think that that kind of answers that question. Both big two are writing rubbish right now, and I don't think that either of them need to involve that rubbish in their, their live-action stuff that's actually at least watchable, kind of, not really... Yeah, but at least they'll be able to make something that goes along closer to the canon of the comics that's, you know... Right now, in current uh, canon, I guess would be the best way to say it. Uh, but it'll be at least a little closer to the comics, uh, which... You know, at the end of the day, as comic book fans, we kind of want that. You know, isn't that what we always bitch about? Like, ah, something like the comics. Well, they might give us something that's closer to the comics, which at the end of the day is, I think, what we all want. Well, not this run of Batman. Not, 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 none of Zach's, not, it's, none of Scott's it's better than, but my Batman. thing is that they've never really this. brought yeah. on, but they've never really brought on any writers, even writers that used to write right. good comic books is the point that I'm trying to make. I'm not talking about this particular run. I'm just saying that generally speaking, you've had some great comic book runs, great comic book stories that would be, that would be great 
translated into film. So why don't they ever bring on those successful writers on well, they, to help? They write do. Out like Frank these... Miller's. Frank Miller's gotten involved with Besides almost Frank every Miller. Besides Frank Miller. Okay, and, Dave Gibbons was involved heavily with Jeff the Watchmen Johns, movie. I mean. And and okay, they took Jeff Johns because Jeff Johns had some success in DC, and look, oh, they made him, they made him this head guy, right? So yeah, he's by virtue of that, the films should be films moving forward should be better, right? Shouldn't they be? No, because because <laughs> Jeff Johns' comics suck, dude. Well, uh, he's a he's a comic book writer in name only, man. <laughs> why not bring no. in Bruce Tim, who was responsible for Batman oh. the animated series and Superman the animated series and making all these great Batman animated films and Superman in DC and all why not bring him into the live action fold and see what he can come up with? Because I mean, we there's a lot up, of put in the back at George Clooney Batman because that's By the way, Batman guys, guys. You know they I don't know if you did you hear the uh the announce who's gonna direct uh the Batman. Um, no, I didn't see that. I saw that they they got somebody front runner to direct Shazam. Does uh, gonna... the name Phoebe Alvarez mean anything to you? Phoebe no. Alvarez, no, no. Phoebe Alvarez. Well, if this uh, if IMDb is accurate, which I don't know, I wouldn't suspect IMDb to uh, be bullshitting us. Here, I'm gonna look at you guys here on, on the Skype. That is your new Batman director, Phoebe Alvarez. Now, if you guys go to IMDb and you, and you search the Batman with uh, Ben Affleck, Ben Affleck, of course, as the Ben Affleck, it, ben Affleck which is funny because he's writing the uh, screenplay along with Chris Terrio. And what was the big issue that he had uh, with uh, the movie so far? Uh, script was, yeah, script Chris Terrio. Well, Why are they getting just shit horror directors to come? Like, it's funny because I was talking about Shazam. They got the guy that directed Lights Out. The second worst horror movie next to Don't Breathe to direct to direct fucking Shazam. So like DC is just throwing their movies to to god awful hack so horror. Guy, so the guy who directed Don't Breathe in the last Evil Dead movie, which was fucking terrible, by the way, the one in 2013, fucking horrible. And, and uh, is doing Don't Breathe too. Yep. yep, yep. <laughs> so the guy who's doing the guy who's doing Don't Breathe and Don't Breathe Two and the Girl in the Spider Web. Uh, and Evil Dead, guy who's done nothing but shit horror movies. Yeah, he's gonna do the it, Batman. He's gonna do the Batman and turn yeah, the Batman it's... into a shit horror movie. All right. It's... Yeah, baby. <laughs> Woo! I guess, I guess it's because everybody's still so excited about James Wan directing Aquaman and James Wan's famous for them shit saw films. But he's evolved. He came out and he's actually done some good action films and he's made The Conjuring. Those are actually. All right for like modern mainstream horror, whereas but like remember, this is goes back to what Jackal's saying. They got a guy that this is a, a fairly he's a fairly new director. He's directed some a few horror films, and so they bring him in there because they'll be able to control him to follow yep. along with the vision of whatever it is that they want to do with the DCU. Yeah, the DCEU is dead to me. If like they really hire this hack and don't get Matt Reeves for Batman. Right, that, that's that's my question is, what happened to Ridley Scott? I thought Ridley Scott was the right? front runner to direct the film. If Matt Reeves didn't take over, I thought that's who was in line. And what well, about apparently not. talking about Miller, George Miller from uh, from the Mad Max movies? They were thought of, talked about him directing one of these movies. Hell, too. even Mill Gibson was in, even Mill Gibson was in talks. 
to do that instead of Suicide Squad. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be incredible. Are you kidding me? Mel Gibson doing the Batman? I'm in. I don't care who plays Batman. I, I will see that opening day. You could get Will Arnett to play Batman what? if Mel Gibson directs it. Who cares? You could get I mean, Jim Carrey to play Batman. I don't give a fuck. I am there opening day. That you like my mole? Or the mole so scene? Epic. Oh, my God. George Miller, they want George Miller to direct Man of Steel too. That that that's what they really that's, want. And to. I would be I would be happy with that because he's another really visual director, but he has a better storytelling mentality than um than yeah. some of these other directors. That maybe, maybe, maybe maybe he'll make Henry Cavill tap dance and like. No, one, one thing about that I will say about George Miller that is great though is that he can't tell a story without having people say much dialogue. Without any dialogue, <laughs> right? And with Henry Cavill, that's a big plus because he can't Sounds say dialogue good. anyway. So, <laughs> might as well have him not say anything. <laughs> so, Perfect. This will be the first movie where <laughs> Superman has absolutely no dialogue whatsoever. He'll go from the limited dialogue he had in Batman v Superman. He probably doesn't have a lot of dialogue in Justice League to having no dialogue in Man of Steel too. <laughs> be awesome. The perfect thing to do with a hack actor like him. So, like, I'm down if like they do the Tom Hardy <laughs> Mad Max thing and just like let everybody else talking. They get, the they get Tom Hardy to play Bane again for for uh, if if they do every, him, like that would be if they got George Miller to direct. Uh, dude, every no, time no, no, like no, no. it'd be funny every time Super every time Super Miller is about to like say something and he's like about to open his mouth, somebody interrupts him and they just start talking Someone over him. So he never get no, he never gets to say a word because they, they always interrupt him. Even at the Daily Planet, anytime yeah, he opens yeah. his mouth to say something as Clark Kent, Perry White... Lois jumps in, or Perry White, or somebody jumps in. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant! If George Miller puts any cameo um, in in the, his um, Man of Steel movie, I'm hoping it's Happy Feet, because like, that's that's really who Henry Cavill should team up with as a tap-dancing penguin. And like, uh, he's basically, he's from another George Miller film, so. And then they could get, they could dress up Danny DeVito and have him cameo as a, as a penguin in the movie. See, I was, see, I was thinking, I was thinking like Marty Freeman, you know, the little dude from, um, Sherlock that hangs out with Benedict Cumberbatch. I think he could yeah. play a good happy feet. Maybe Simon Pegg. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. I, I, honestly, I'm kind of disappointed that Matt Reeves uh, passed on the. the Me the too. Batman. I think that would have been great. I, well, yeah, yeah now we a, got the he's a good director. But... Don't breathe doing Batman. Uh, I mean, Jesus. But Dave Alvarez. I mean, how bad is this script in this movie when Matt Reeves says, no way, man. And then they get this guy. Here's the the problem. (laughs) Matt Reeves probably, here's what I'm thinking happened. I don't think it has anything to do with the script. I think it has to do with Matt Reeves came in and wanted to write his own script. That's probably what it was, and they probably told him no. Yeah, I mean, this is the Mel, like this is the Mel Gibson stuff. thing all over again. They got a director who they can control, but the difference is with this director, he's not a very good director. Right, so he'll probably Mel Gibson is an excellent director, so it works. It works perfect when it's Mel Gibson. But Fadi Alvarez, really? Fadi Alvarez, he'll probably direct. He'll he'll probably. This will probably be the movie that this has potential to be the movie that could make his career or make it so he never works again. Either one. Well, I mean, and like yeah. I was saying, dude, Shazam is now going to be directed oh, by you're Shazam. Seth Graham. Oh, no, wait. No, no. His name is David F. Sandberg, the director of the movie Lights Out, which was another really awful horror movie from last year about a... Lights Out. Did you see it? I watched it. It was yeah. awful. No, but was Arnold involved at all? Lights I out. wish it would have made it watchable. Like this one, it's about like this like goth girl and her little brother who's being tortured by like this 
like ghost thing that can only come out in the dark that was friends with those, her mom, but it, it, dude, it was it made no they sense. Need M, they need to get M Night Shyamalan to direct one of these movies, man. Yeah, no, no. Now I, I made fun of Jackal last show because he was saying talking about M Night Shyamalan directing fucking Shazam, and now yeah, get him if, he, he if it's been, gonna. Be... He'd be perfect for. Shazam, Thank you. To be honest, yes. I think, I, in fact, I, I think that think would be the be... best movie for him. That would make. I still that think would... he would be better at like something like Sandman or like the Phantom Stranger he or the Spectre. I, but... I could see him doing Sandman and Spectre, but let yep. him do Shazam first. To get his foot in the door and then do those other movies. That would work. I, it, it, look, if you watch a lot of his movies, there's always a little subtle humor in there. So you know he could do humor. You know that he, he, if they he all really wanted comic to. Book, comic book sensibility. Right. They all, they all have that kind of comic book feel to them. So you know he he likes that kind of universe. He can't do humor. He just he tones it down because his movies are usually pretty serious. So he doesn't have a lot of humor in them, but you know the guy has the directing skills to add humor to, to the project. And Shazam is kind of a funnier, goofier type of character, so you're going to add a lot of humor to him, uh, just by its nature. But unless you want to go all dark like they're doing with everything now in DCU and make Shazam the completely dark, I don't know if you want to do that. But uh, if you know, they get him like someone to direct it. I want them to get Mark Wahlberg to fucking play Shazam. That would be so perfect. No. Yeah, Jerry dude, just think about no, no, man. Mark Wahlberg. Jerry O'Connell would be perfect, though, because Jerry O'Connell in the 90s was up for Superman, and they didn't give it to him twice, and they passed him over. They even uh, It was funny, because at one point, uh, they chose Brendan Fraser over Jerry O'Connell, and I was like, what the fuck? And that was right before Nicolas Cage uh, got the role. It was like right around that time period. And it, like it went from I one to the other to the other. From, I can't see Joe from Joe's apartment as Superman, dude. Or Shazam. Dude, look at him when he did Scream Two. That was the time period that I'm talking about, like that era. That he was so in the talks for Superman. Look at him physically. He's six and four, two hundred and thirty pounds. The guy was ripped. He looked like physically has blue eyes. The guy looked like Superman. Like he really just oozed the character. Some people yeah. he just looked like the character. Like he looked the part. He would have been ideal for the role. I mean, just ideal. Yeah, he was Joe's apartment. But hey, who would have thought Michael Keaton would have made a good Batman, right? Still don't think Michael Keaton made a good Batman. So you're one, you're very, you're a minority in that. A lot of people think he's. Yeah, no, a good I know. Batman, I, so. I, I I've been told by a fat guy in New Jersey that Michael Keaton is one day going to beat me up. So, like that, that's a day I look forward to. You know, hey, I would, hey, I, hey! I would, don't make I would, him get his authorities on you. As time goes on, as time goes on, <laughs> I I love Michael Keaton more and more as Batman, especially because of the fact that he's embraced it so much. Did you hear about all the times during the filming of Spider Spider? Oh Man? yes, dude. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, he's epic. I mean, for real. Like, all those, they keep putting out all those memes for a reason because he was doing, apparently he was doing a lot of that on the set, a lot of jokes about being... uh, I forgot, I forgot that he was in, in that awful high school, the musical Spider-Man movie. Now I actually feel even worse for being mean to Michael Keaton. Oh, man. The founder was great, though. At least he has that to fall back on. Even I love him. Michael Keaton. I've been a fan for years. Um, like he wasn't Michael my favorite. Keaton. He wasn't. He wasn't my favorite. Hold on. He wasn't my favorite Batman because obviously I'm a Christopher Nolan, uh, Christian Bale Batman fan. Uh, but other than Bale, I think Keaton is the second best Batman. Um, I, I, will, I will say his Batman '89 is one of the you know was groundbreaking, and uh, I loved it as a kid, like everybody else. Oh, uh, but. Yeah, I know, but, here, but here's the thing. 
I have loved a lot of the movies he's been in outside of the Batman universe. His multiplicity, I loved. Every movie, every movie. Just about every movie he's in, he's fantastic. I mean, I don't know what Hollywood did to this man that they wouldn't put him in bigger projects. He is an amazingly talented actor when it comes to comedy, drama. One of my, one of my favorite films of all times, and one of the movies that I cried in, like, I was in tears when I saw this movie. Was the movie uh, My Life? I don't know if you guys ever saw that. Is that oh, the yeah. one where he just got cancer and he hates his he parents? He dies of cancer. Yeah, I, my mother passed away of cancer, so it's, it's a touching, you know, yeah. subject for me. I, I feel but like that movie. Sure I had the right movie. Well, yeah, that's the one. When I when I watch that movie, I cry still now just watching that movie because it's a touching, beautifully acted movie. When he's sitting there and he's like, you know, videotaping himself shaving for his kid. I mean, that, I was in tears because that's, it's a beautiful thought and the way he acted in the movie was just incredible. He should have won an Oscar for that movie. I mean, this guy should have won several Oscars through his career and he's been held back because they saw him as a comedian in Beetlejuice and some other shit in the 80s, which was comedy. But he is a brilliant actor. He's done great work throughout his career. It's awesome that Hollywood is not starting now to reward him for the, you know, the, the roles he's gotten. He really should have won an Oscar for Birdman, let's be honest. I mean, he gave yeah, the best performance of anybody that year. I don't care yeah, who I won. Believe, I can't believe he Stone won and he didn't. That's kind of bootsy, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't understand that. He gave the best performance, period. I saw every movie that year, and I'm sorry, nobody did better in their in their performance than Michael Keaton. Male, female, I don't care what color, race, whatever. Nobody gave a better performance than that man in Birdman. When you watch that movie, and, hold on, when you watch that movie and you realize the entire fucking movie is done in one shot, after the very beginning sequence, and you watch it to the very end, it's all one continuous shot. You understand that he put on a clinic as an actor. He should have been rewarded for an Oscar, and they didn't give it to him. It's a goddamn shame. I hope he gets it for the founder because he's he's again great in the founder. It, not as great of a role as the Birdman movie, but still a great performance. And I hope he gets it for that as a yeah, validation for his will. greatness. And maybe he will because founder is great. They had to give Leo his pity Oscar so his fanboys would shut the fuck up. That, and that's a good actor. No, but wasn't the, wasn't Bird? That was the same year that Birdman. Wasn't it? Dude, I no, don't I watch was, the Oscar. That, that was like the previous year. Birdman was Birdman. It was a previous year for when, uh, when Leo won it. Leo just won it this yeah. past year. Yeah, yeah. It was a year, like a year thought, or two before. I thought Birdman was out last year. My bad. No, it was a year Bear. before. But I mean, he put. If you watch that movie, you really you think about what he did in that movie. Again, he put oh, on a clinic as an actor. The the scene where him and Ed Norton are fighting in their underwear, man, that talk about a just hysterical. I mean, I know that, you like that you're you're chubby. Him. Yeah, I know you're talking about him besides being a comedian, but that that scene was hilarious, dude. I of course. Everything. That movie had so many different levels: it had comedy, it had drama, and everything done in one continuous Psychological. shot. Yeah, psychological. I mean that to me. That's one of the best movies that I saw. I mean, it's, it's in my top two or three for the year. So it definitely put him back on the map. That's why when he after he did that, he's like, "Oh, I'm going to do a movie about the guy that made McDonald's." I'm just like, "What are you doing?" At first, you know what I mean. And then I saw the trailer, and I'm like, "Huh, that looks cool." Then you know, like maybe it's not. And well, then he I saw pulled, the he pulled it off for sure. No, I I mean, he's, got, yeah. he's got the great. He's got that great that great sense of humor and the perfect acting ability for it. So you know, they were. At, at, the director and and the, the set coordinator, the art director, I mean, just did a phenomenal job just setting up the time period perfectly. I mean, like, the clothes, the cars, I mean, the buildings, everything just looked legit. I mean, it's a really fucking well-put-together piece of art. 
No, not only that, it's, it's, it's cool because it's an America nostalgia and, and it's an America, the American story really. It's a story of two brothers who, uh, started this little company because they wanted to do things, uh, you know, for the people in their community and, uh, to, you know, you know, have something, you know, positive for the community. They want to do something nice and they created this little burger stand and, uh, it was a, it was a great story in that sense and it was a story of capitalism and how this one person came in and monopolized what they were doing and continued and made it into this huge monster of a franchise. And, and it shows you the, the American dream, how it can go from one little thing, get corrupted and blow up into this huge monopoly, which is what McDonald's became. And it was all because of this one guy who had a brilliant mind for business and just, it was, he was relentless when it came to getting what he wanted and to, to the point that he actually got the McDonald's brothers out of business. Funny enough. I mean, if you watch the movie, it's it's a great. Yeah, no, great, I mean it's. Um, it, it, yeah, the it's, script on it, it's fabulous the way they, they put this together, and it's all. I mean, it, it's as pretty accurate as uh, supposedly as you know you would want it to be. I mean, they did a good job of keeping it as truthful as possible with the actual storyline and what really happened to uh, to the McDonald's Corporation and what it really came from and what it is. And I mean, you would think that's oh, McDonald's. Who cares? But this is part of American history. You know, the McDonald's is one of the biggest corporations and franchises in this country so why wouldn't you want to know where this came from and how it got to where it is right now and what it how it became this big bigger than life company that it really is but with that said guys we got a commercial break in a second here and i just wanted to let everybody know uh that crystal pepsi is back in stores for the summer so as you guys uh for a second i'm about to open up a nice little bottle here and take a sip on air of crystal pepsi I hate that stuff. It's Ooh. fucking delicious. Uh, 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 so good. Sponsored? No, but I just wanted to let it be known because I am a huge fan of Crystal Pepsi, and it's back in really? stores for the summer. Blast? Well, no, I love Baja Blast, but my second favorite soda ever is Crystal Pepsi. Oh, okay. used to, it used to be number one, but then Baja Blast ultimately took it over, you know, because that's like, you know, God's juice. That's what Baja oh, Blast God. is. It's yeah. Fantastic. But as a kid, this was my soda growing up. I loved this, and then they discontinued it and broke my heart. And uh, thank you, Pepsi, for bringing it back. That's all I got to say. We'll be right back here on the Roundtable Show after commercial break. Stick around. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes app store. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California gold rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. 
up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call key information solutions now. 954 That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. And we are back on tonight's episode of the Round Table Show. We've got uh, God. There was there's like no news this week, huh, Johnny? Uh, we got Cesar Green like showing up as <laughs> like, Power Rangers villain. That was pretty awesome. I mean, like okay. I mean, he, he did that song "Crazy" with Niles Barkley a couple years ago. I just thought it was a catchy tune, but like the man warned us. I mean, like he basically told us this was going to happen. So anybody that's posted memes and acting like, "Oh, what's wrong with this guy?" Man, he let us know years ago. He's crazy. You know what? Zilo, <laughs> you know what? Zilo Green reminded me of it. It's kind of this is going to come off maybe a little racist. Sorry, ahead of time. But you ever get those little uh, chocolate candy bars that are wrapped like in a uh, golden foil, and you uh, peel them, and there's chocolate in the middle. Yeah, like, like the little eat? Santa Clauses. In, in the <laughs> yeah, little... yeah. Like you gotta peel the gold. For, like he was on some crazy gold makeup outfit. You don't peel him. He's you know he's chuckling in the middle. He's like he's, he's, a, he's oh. a brother, but <laughs> it's kind of what he reminded me of. I'm sorry. Yeah. I said it's gonna be slightly Trigger racist. Warning. Trigger warning. <laughs> gonna kick you off a chat for that, man. Come on, man. I, I, I can't uh, well. tell jokes like that online. Yeah, well, it's my, it's, it's my show. I said whatever the hell I want. Anyway, moving on. I was fucking with you, man. <laughs> you know I like the joke. Oh, here's a... Uh, this is this is something with we missed. With my Cook joke last week, I, I can't, I can't cool get... Ronnie. <laughs> there's... Hold on, guys. There's a, there's a rumor, and I, I don't can't believe you missed this, that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger has a uh, possible small cameo role in Wonder Woman. Uh-oh. Oh, I hope he plays um, Zeus. Steve that... Trevor. <laughs> no, dude, Chris Chris Pine, Steve Trevor. I I know, but I'm just saying. Well, maybe maybe an older, juiced up Chris Trevor's. I don't know. <laughs> no, look at William Shatner to play that. That's that's who Chris Pine is when he grows up. He's William Shatner. <clears throat> no, check that. Says uh, Terminator star Arnold Schwarzenegger might be joining the cast of the upcoming DC movie Wonder Woman, which stars Gal Gadot. As the title character, the rumor was started by Comic Book, uh, by Comic Book, the website, who noted that director Patty Jenkins and co-writer Geoff Johns uh, both followed the actor on Twitter. While that means he got cast, 
So, uh, Geoff jo- Johns. Geoff. <laughs> get off Johns. Uh, and it's Jeff Johns, but I call him Geoff. Yeah, no, no, I like it, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, they, follow, they follow him on Twitter, so they follow him on Twitter, so that obviously means that, uh, get off Johns and, uh, and Patty Jenkins following him on Twitter means he got cast in the movie, obviously. That's how that works. Yeah. It may, uh, it says it may simply be a coincidence, duh. Uh, but it could also mean some else entirely. Uh, probably not. In the past, fans were able to deduce that uh, Joe Manganiello, or Manganiello, whatever they pronounce his fucking name, had been cast as Deathstroke after several DC Films executives simultaneously followed him on Twitter. It's possible that Schwarzenegger will play Eris, God of War, or Zeus himself. He could be also part of the film's end credits scene and reprise his role as Mr. Freeze from Batman and Robin. A most God. likely scenario. No, that would be awesome. Not- <laughs> I bet you he's. I bet you he's gonna do the voice for Ares, and Ares is gonna be like some big CGI thing, and Arnie's gonna like basically do his voice, and it's gonna be like, "I'm gonna kill you, Diana. You're gonna die." You know. So, so meanwhile, Wonder Woman has received negative reviews all uh, already prior to its release, uh, but producer Deborah Snyder assured fans that the superhero solo film. Deborah Snyder. Uh, what's yeah, up with well, Snyder? Is all over bad DC properties. That's his wife. That's that's, that's yeah. That's Snyder is. That that does everything right there. Uh, it says will be quite. It says uh, Super Solo film will be quite different from the rest of the DC comic cinematic efforts. Uh, so it's not going to suck. She's trying to tell you. One Woman is very different tone in style than Batman v Superman, which is bullshit. Because if you look at the trailers, it looks like the same tone and style. It looks like they're really looks ripping very off similar. the first Captain America movie. Completely. It's like the first Avengers all over again, but but the cinematic look to it looks just like Batman versus Superman. Don't yeah, lie to it me. It looks like Batman Don't versus Superman, but while ripping off the first right. Captain America movie. Now she told she told Variety that uh, she says she says we pick directors who have their own points of view, <laughs> so each of our films have their own personality. Uh, the film's leading man, Chris Pine, even said that the film, which uh, is directed by Patty Jenkins, will have a little bit of everything, action, drama, and romance, so it'll be definitely a, uh, it'll definitely cater to a wide range audience. He says, and I quote, I think what's really fun and exciting about it is, it's diff- and what's different about it, it's actually is there's a nice love story at the center of the uh, action film, and I don't uh, think you see that often in these kind of films. He told off a tempos. Oh, yeah, First no, of all, guys, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you guys uh, jump on this, because I, I I laughed so hard when I read this, uh, Chris Pine, you fucking idiot. Uh, Man of Steel had a love story in the middle of that whole thing. Lois, Superman, fall in love. That happens in every fucking superhero movie. There's always a love story with. There's always, even in Green Lantern, Batman and Robin. Even even in Green Lantern, there was a love story with. Him and the chick. There's always a love story in every major Deadpool. movie. Deadpool had a fucking love story. Valentine's Day last year was advertised as a love story. Every <laughs> fucking movie made has a love story. In fact, you Guardian can look it up. The, the Karate Kid has a fucking love story. Okay? was a love story. <laughs> Beetlejuice has a fucking love story. They both die tragically and they're in love. And then they see Beetlejuice. Every fucking movie made in Hollywood centers around a love story and then everything else is 
what happened around the love story. That's that's A1 in fucking writing scripts when it comes to, like, making movies. Are you fucking kidding me? Chris Pine, how disconnected are you from the world of reality in movie making? What When I read shit like that, I laugh, and then I'm like, no wonder movies suck nowadays. Look at the fucking what? idiots that are making these movies. Crit- I mean, and I've defended this guy it. for... And I look, and I liked the the two Star Trek movies or three that he, that he was in. But man, what a fucking idiot to say shit like that! If you watch his movies, he actually doesn't ever get to fall in love in his movies, though. Watch Star Trek; he doesn't get a girlfriend in any of those. Like no, but and, Spock and, um, does. I but Spock has to change. Shadow Crew is the only movie where he actually ends up with the girl. So I think maybe this is different for him. In like a mo- an action film because he's actually going to get laid in it for once. Unlike no, but here's no, but here's here's here, no, but here's the thing. Here's where you're wrong in that. Even in the Star Trek movies, he's like a womanizer. He's always after the chick. But that's like because the character of Captain Kirk has always been written as he's kind of like a fl- you know, he's a flamboyant womanizer. He's always like he gets all the chicks. He doesn't have one central love story. He has multiple love stories because he's like the James Bond character where he always has a different chick in every movie. That's kind of like what that's happening from the green chick to the white. Remember in the first one, he has like a green yeah, chick in his room. He's, he's getting laid, but I mean, he doesn't end exactly. up with the girl like William Shatner, Captain Kirk would. I mean, he, well, in every yeah. episode, he ended up with the girl. Well, that's because this, this is a mirror image uh, universe, and uh, in this universe, Spock gets the girl, not Captain Kirk. Yeah, Spock gets the girl, and Captain <laughs> Kirk can't win a fight. So, I mean, like, I kind of can see where... Chris Pine is getting a little bit of this from, at least from the films that he's been in. But he, but mean, here's here's a he's crazy. Definitely he's disconnected a, from the rest of fucking Hollywood. Says, a, a, but, but but let me read let me read the quote again. It says, "I think that's really fun and exciting about it is it was different about it actually is there is a nice love story at the center of the avid action <laughs> film. I don't think you see that often in these kind of films, dude. That's in every one of these fucking movies." Pirates of the Caribbean, the shittiest like action fucking franchise out there. Love story, right in the goddamn middle of it. <laughs> Jesus. No, okay. I mean he's not talking about himself. If he's talking about himself, okay, I get it. But he's talking about in general action movies. Every one of them the has Highlander. a love story. I, mean, I, I, I watched that when I was a kid. Love Die story. Hard. It's him trying to save love his story. wife. That's a love story. Die Hard is a fucking love story. Alien wasn't like Aliens is like the only movie that's not one. Okay, that, that there's one that I found that actually like maybe fits his narrative. Blade Runner, love maybe. story. Um, yeah, I mean I can just go on and on. I mean I would say ninety percent of the movies made, even action movies, I have you know a love story at the core. Oh, the good ones uh, at least. Yeah, exactly. And there's very few that are good that don't have a love story at the core. I mean, that's just the way it is. Even The Matrix had a love story. Neo and Trinity. Yeah, the first one. It was a good movie. Yeah, well, it was pretty good. Yeah, no, 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 I love the first one. As yeah. far as I'm concerned, there's only one Matrix movie, so yeah, you're right. I, I concur. But, I mean, I, like, I, like, to read that from a Hollywood actor, uh, I mean, <laughs> my God. Maybe he was really baked. He looks he, like he gets high, so maybe he like, does look like he does. He looks like he smokes weed. It's just like, yeah, yo, man, like we fall in love in it. I don't think that happens enough in movies. It's like, and then like later he read it. He's like, fuck, I can't blame this on Zachary Quinto. I'm gonna have to take the brunt of this one. No, sincerely, Wonder Woman will be released, of course, on June second, twenty seventeen. So it's uh, right around the corner. It has been rumored that Arnold Schwarzenegger will join the cast of Wonder Woman. And uh, in this photo, the actor posed uh, for the panel this is a uh, new celebrity. He's going to be on the new Celebrity Apprentice, which is funny as hell as it is. So he's going to be the new uh, Donald Trump. Who, Chris Pine? No, man, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh. 
He's, it's sort of like, you're fired. He's going to be like, you're fired. Yeah, get to Maria, you're fired. Get out of here. No. The best person that ever said that is uh, Vince McMahon, anyways. The way he gets all death metal to, you're fired. You're fired. His veins, like, throbbing and shit. And, like... <laughs> and uh, you just see all the steroid use in fucking Vince's life just popping out of his forehead with those <laughs> veins. <laughs> uh, God bless Vince McMahon. Yeah. Uh, but I had to I had to bring that story up because uh, one Schwarzenegger and, a D- and another DC movie. My God, I guess uh, DC doesn't just uh, fail. They they like they like tinkering with fate. You know, like they just they they love failing. I guess I don't know. Well, like, with, with, with all the awfulness that they've got bringing, it's like we failed once with Arnold, let's bring them back along and fail again. Why not? Let's well, do it again. Well, that's actually <laughs> one of the better things that they're doing. I was thinking, like, since they got the Don't Breathe guy and the Lights Out guy, they might as well get fucking Josh Trank in here to direct the Flash. And just make it the trifecta of doom, and to make sure that this franchise, this fledgling franchise, never actually gets its feet. You know what I mean? Like that's basically what they're ensuring here. And like, and as long as like they put love stories in it, I guess nobody else is doing that in action films. So they got a winning formula there. <laughs> oh man, that's a go DC. Relying on the I... most. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm at a loss of words when it comes to the DC universe. I, I want them to make good movies, though. That's the thing. People are like, oh, you're just a Marvel fan, but it's like, no, I'm not. Well, yeah, I am, but I mean, like, I want DC to make good <laughs> movies, too. I mean, I like Vertigo. Like, I like Vertigo more than I like Marvel, and Vertigo's technically DC, so. Yeah, I'm not all the way, like, a Marvel fan, but I like a lot of DC stuff. As long as it's Vertigo. With that said, DC and Marvel, I keep looking at the trailer for, uh, Logan. Yeah. And, uh, Man, it, yeah, it, it just, looks so good. I, there's actually like a little um, short movie. It's called um, Laura, and it's about like the, it's like this weird like um, hospital footage, like them doing tests on her. It's it's really kind of brutal for a little TV spot. Um, uh, snap, like Squirt posted it on my wall on Facebook. It's it's really cool. So um, if you guys get a chance, look that up on YouTube. It's pretty good, like nice little brutal um. TV spot keep you tied it over until the movie comes out in just a couple of the days. It comes out in the third, which I mean, I, yep. I'm dying to see it. I mean, we get <clears throat> we get that and Iron Fist next month. I mean, it's oh, gonna be a good, yeah. to be a, a comic book fan. Oh, is it ever? I mean, but I keep looking at the TV spots and all the stuff coming out with Logan, and I'm just I'm so it gets me more and more excited because it just looks fucking phenomenal. I love what it, I mean. None of that. Seeing some of the reviews that are coming out already uh, for it and uh, how positive they've been. Just it's kind oh, of so I, excited for that movie. It's just, and I'm just so happy for Hugh because I've always yep. enjoyed him as Wolverine, and he's never actually got to be in like just a good Wolverine movie. So I'm really happy that he's at least getting to go out on a very fucking high note here because he's got he's got his health issues coming back, which is just tragic. I mean, I feel for the guy so bad. At least he, he's going to have one great triumph as this character, as his, in a solo film. He's some of the X Men movies he's been have been great, but. Like a solo Wolverine film that just finally shines on its own. Like I'm glad it finally. Hey, I, I actually I like the second Wolverine movie. I thought it was really. Oh, no, good, I loved actually. I loved the Wolverine, but um, yeah. it, it could have been better. I think it had one bad guy too many. I didn't like the blonde nurse lady. I thought that she, she kind of crowded things, and there was a couple of things I had minor problems with. But no, the Wolverine is a fantastic film. It's probably my second favorite Foxman movie. Underneath yep. Deadpool, so yeah, no, it's. But I think Logan might actually like be b- better than Deadpool. Well, or at the least thing I like right the, 
Yeah, the, the, the thing I liked about the Logan trailers, at least, and what I'm seeing and hearing about it is, uh, it's very character and story driven, uh, which is something I've always wanted to see, you know, a Wolverine movie that is like that, that's very story and character driven. And, uh, you know, the great thing about it, and it's, it's gonna be a departure from the last one, at least, because the last one had, you know, a good story, but it wasn't as character and story driven as it was action driven, which was great because, you know, you always want to see Wolverine go crazy on, on, on the big screen and have these great action sequences, and we saw that. But now let's go a little bit further and now to see him as a character and see a great story be told, and that's what I really want to see with uh, a third movie, and that's what they're doing, and I think that that's well, what's getting me so excited is this is uh, really a character-driven uh, story. It's him. It's a little girl who is really, uh, if they go by this by the comics, it's a clone he's of like 23. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I mean, if they go by the comics, you know, this is going to get so many people like super happy and excited for for this film well, when it comes well, out. Another thing that I really like that they're pumping it up is. Like, it doesn't just look like a Mad Max type movie. It kind of really is because from what I've read, there is a decimation type event where there have been no new mutants born in, in, in a certain period of time. And the ones that are still around are in hiding and stuff. That's why, um, Wolverine is protecting this little girl so, um, um, violently until he actually finds out what she is because they, as soon as they showed her two claws and then she's a girl, everybody knows what she is and where she come from, or at least you know somebody that will explain it to you. So right. there's, they're really going to pound in the um, importance of the situation with such a desolate um, storyline that um, I, I can't wait to see it. I think that um, it's a great, th- it's a great idea. I really loved the decimation when they did it in the comics. So I really hope that they can pull it off as good in the film. And it, it, it really looks like it, uh, it will be. I mean, like even the wire stunts in the trailer, I, I usually hate wire stunts, but they look good. Like when she does the flip and just like sticks her claws in the dude's head and then she just like jumps off Wolverine's back and gets that full. I mean, like that shit looks clean. I mean, those are, those are actually some decent looking wire stunts. Guys, here's a question. Over or under, um, do you think this will open uh, to 100 million over the weekend? Uh, over or under, Zod? Uh, Zod Ryder. Okay. Uh, John Goff will take it. <laughs> um, I. You know, I'm not really good with the box office stuff, but I really hope that it would be because it looks good. I know it's so hyped. I got friends that hate comic book movies that are raving about how fucking awesome this movie looks, so. Well, I'm predicting about 85 million opening weekend. I 85. Yeah. That sounds about right because it's March, so that means that sadly Fox doesn't really have much faith in this movie since they're putting it out at the beginning of the year. But I, I think that they're oh, hoping that it'll be a nice early year surpriser. Oh, that's usually what it means when they put a movie out in February or March, man. Like they don't think that either. They think that like it'll be a nice surprise for the time of year and people will go and see it and they'll make good money that way. Or if it if it Fails, they knew it was going to happen, and they put it out this time of year anyways. But from the reviews I've heard, I, I don't really see it failing. And the fact that it's a Hugh Jackman Wolverine movie. I mean, even Origins made a decent weekend when it came out, and that was garbage. I don't know, I don't know so. about that, because a lot of big movies come out in March. So, I mean, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. Um, April and May well, are usually <laughs> like the hotter months, but... Yeah, no, it's, it's the beginning of the year. Usually, like, the closer you get to summer, and, and summer is when the, the, the shit... That yeah, the, the blockbusters come out of the summer. Yeah, the big, huge blockbusters, the avatars. and sadly, You know, it's weird because, you know, we're, ne- we're not going to see Star Wars in the summer anymore. We're going to see it now only in the 
apparently the the winter, which is why things are changing. The climate for like what's uh, the big time of the year is changing because uh, you know Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, these movies all prove that if you open up in December, you could be huge at the box office. And uh, you know a lot of big big blockbusters are switching from summer releases to December releases and early January releases because there's a lot of money to be made at the end of the year. Lots of money. People are, are at home. Families are together. You know, they want to go see a movie together. You know, theaters get packed during that time period. I when I, when I worked at AMC theaters back in the nineties, our biggest you know lines were usually in during the winter during uh, December. That's when we really had the most uh, walk-up lines, and, uh, and and you would think, well, you know, it's like Christmas Eve or something. What do you know? People will be out in the theaters. No, people go to see movies in the, at, at, on Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve. Uh, yeah, you no, know, I, I mean, I, I, I care about that. I've I've never personally actually gone to a movie on Christmas or Christmas Eve. Though, but days, I hear bro. that I hear Huge that it's days. a big a big market and. But yeah. I, I, I just look at I just look at Logan and I, and I just feel a little sad that it's that they didn't even have enough faith to put it out in the summer because it actually looks better than most of the summer movies that are coming out. I think the trailer for Logan shits all over the trailer for Spider Man Homecoming. By the way, I think we lost Zod Rider. Is Zod Rider still out there? Or are you back? I'm here. I was having some <laughs> issues, some technical issues. So I'm I'm okay now. Uh, Spider Man Homecoming. No, 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 no. Do you think? Uh, Logan, Hundred million yeah, yeah. on on opening week. Yeah, probably he left a long time ago in the galaxy, far far away. Now we're talking about uh, uh, Logan. Uh, over or under? What do you think it's gonna it's gonna make? A hundred million over or under? It'll probably opening week. Do, it'll um it's probably gonna do right around there. I don't think it'll. I don't know though. Yeah, probably <laughs> right, right around right around a hundred million. I mean, I'm looking at about 85, maybe 90 million opening weekend. Yeah, I'm thinking around, yeah, somewhere around there because it it's, it doesn't look like the traditional like Wolverine type movie. It looks like it's going to be good, but here's the the thing though, I don't think it's going to have that kind of appeal because I don't I think it's going to kind of confuse people when they see the title Logan. You know, that's going to kind of throw off. Yeah, but when you see the poster and you see the cloth come out, like you know who that who that is. Yeah, and I think we've well, seen. I think we've should, seen. But the, the general audience, I think, has seen. You know, yeah. Who Wolverine doesn't know that Wolverine's name is Logan? Yeah. yeah, and the name Logan has been used in a lot of the X Men movies. You know, they've called him Logan before. So, I mean, at this point, I think you know, if you're an educated audience member, you've seen the other X Men movies, and you, you see the claws, you know or, or you've got Logan a five year old around you to fucking explain it to you. Yeah, then, then exactly. Or, or if you're, or you're not living in a cave somewhere, and you've seen things on TV, like commercials. You see this actor who's played this character for fucking fifteen years now. Nine times. At some this point, the ninth, this in be fifteen the years, he plays a character. I'm pretty sure he's gonna like record in your mind that yeah, he's fucking Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, so, that's, that's a mental picture. I, I'm expecting man. around a hundred million, I think, for opening weekend. That's pretty generous. Yeah, I give it like I guess like eighty-five, ninety million, a uh, hundred million. It's not out of the question. Uh, but I don't, th- I don't think it'll go any higher than that. It would be nice to have it, like, open like 120, 30 million. That'd be excellent. That'd be great. And in fact, it'd be funny. It, it might, uh, make it so they, uh, the, the fox comes up to him and says, uh, hey, uh, so we know that, uh, you know, you're getting a little bit up there in age, uh, Hugh, but, uh, here's a Brinks truck with a whole lot of money in it. Well, how about you come back for a couple more cameos and, uh, maybe one more, a uh, couple big time, you know, Wolverine. Showdowns, like uh, say for example, I don't know about maybe Deadpool three. 
I don't know. I think this is going to be it, to be honest. I, I, I don't know, because I was just reading that they're planning on going forward with another Avengers or, um, X-Men movie that's going to take place with the same girl that plays Jean Grey, and it's going to be a, a redub of the Phoenix Saga. And I don't know really know how you're going to be able to do that without a Wolverine character. So Right. Well, are they, they going to recast him? Why? Well, yeah, I mean, that, Who are I they gonna get? that's a good idea, but... James I, Franco? <laughs> yeah. I mean... Actually, <clears throat> I was uh, looking at a picture of him a little while ago with uh, the full beard. And uh, how about Mel Gibson as Wolverine? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah, Hugh Jackman's too old to get a guy that's in, 20 years older his, than him. I thought, <laughs> back in his, I thought back in his Lethal Weapon days, I always thought Mel Gibson would have been great for Wolverine. Yeah, especially with that Lethal Weapon Afro he had in the first one. Like, that would yeah. be great to Wolverine rocking the, the Riggs fro. <laughs> Uh, no, um, I, I, actually, um, I was actually always down to see Russell Crowe play Wolverine, but he's a little too chunky nowadays. I don't think he could. Uh, I could see him no. playing Bluto in a Popeye movie. That's about that's about the only like action thing I could see Russell Crowe doing. He could play which is a movie, Fat Wolverine, which is a movie I've actually had planned. Like I, anybody that's interested, get a hold of me because like Jason Statham is Popeye, Anne Hathaway is Olive Oil. Russell Crowe's Bluto. That shit's got gold written all over it. That Come works. On. That'll work. Yeah, yeah, that'll work. Yeah, totally. For I don't know anybody on this planet, but that'll work for somebody, I'm sure. <laughs> Ow, man. Oh, come on. And, and you can make Popeye. It could be the most action-packed. It'll be an action-packed Popeye, man. It'd be yeah, epic. Zack Snyder looks gritty. Well, Popeye oh, won't it, have it, a... Popeye won't have With Chris Turner writing the script... No, we're going to get Scott Snyder to write the script because he writes such amazing Batman comics. We're going to get Zack Snyder to direct it and Deborah Snyder to do something. Cause Produce it's it. Gotta be a, uh, yeah, it's got to be a Snyder Snyderific production. A Snyderverse picture. Snyderverse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the movies will be visually seen in Snyder Vision. Snyder Vision. Brought to you by the Snyders. It'll be so really dark. You barely, barely be able to see anything. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be like it's gonna be like Predator, have a, Predator but Requiem. The, when, but the twist in this technology is you'll be able to smell the environment, so it'll yeah. smell like shit constantly. Smell vision. Oh no! <laughs> it'll smell like shit and spinach because <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Ah. while you're in the theater too. Oh god, gross. <laughs> <laughs> People eat their shit. You'll probably, oh, probably be better for you with your Oculus Rift. You'll be like chilling there, like all like fully seeing it in 3D and shit. Zod being all like, yeah, eating shit, watching Popeye and Snyder Vision. Popeye. <laughs> my, it's my Coleco Vision um, Oculus Rift thing, whatever the hell it is. Oculus is the best. Yes. So have either of you guys seen John Wick 2 yet? No, no man. Really wants to, though. It looks so good, and everybody tells me it's awesome. They say it's the perfect sequel for it. Yeah, I haven't seen it either, and I'm dying to see it, man. It's it's uh, been hard to get out of the theater in the last uh, couple weeks. It's just been tough to get, you know, time to go anywhere. Right. Sadly enough, yeah, I think I think it's on Netflix in Estonia. What? Cool. I love Blinkovich Chamowski from um, (laughs) Casino. And you you could go over to Polly Shore's house and watch it. Uh, I can probably go to. Uh, there's a library. I'm sure I can go check it out. No, you yeah, could, no. yeah, you could just you could just log into uh, <coughs> the library, do a VPN, and watch it. Yeah. 
No, 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 right. no, no, library. It's Estonia. It's a, they'll, they'll beam it into the library in New York where we go to and we, we watch certain things. Yeah, we'll things. see it together. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. We can watch it through VR. <laughs> Snyder vision. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah. Through the powers of Zack Snyder, we shall be able to see John Wick too. Yeah. Uh, the new technology, Snyder vision. <laughs> With now the twist being Snyder smell. It smells like shit. Oh god. Now, did you guys see the uh, the Hasbro uh, toys that came out for the Guardians of the Galaxy two? No, are they, no? Are they like the um, the Legends um, figures? Because I like the Legends figures that came out for the first one. I have a couple of those. Yeah, I'm gonna show you a clip of them. And they, the reason I bring this up is uh, you can actually now see what um, uh, what's his face uh, Kurt Russell looks like in the movie. Because <laughs> you can see the action figure. There's, there's been like a big thing like nobody knew what his character was gonna look like. Uh, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. Well, if you, I go here, I'm gonna link it to you guys. Now, in fact, I'm gonna also link it to, into the, uh, chat room here for PSN Radio. In case anybody is in there and wants to, uh, check this out. Uh, give me a second here. Is it true that, is, that Al Pacino's gonna play Rocket Raccoon's dad? That would be amazing. That's what I've heard, that Al Pacino's Rocket Raccoon's dad in it. Hua! Yeah, you're my boy! Hua! Hua! <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh wow, that looks like uh, Kurt Russell. Right? That's awesome. Now I don't know about you. I'm a toy collector. I have a, a shitload of toys. I actually likeness. have. I have the run of the original um, action figures for the for the first movie, and that's going to look really cool on my wall. That's awesome. So you've already decided you're getting it. You're guaranteed you're getting that one. Uh, he, they, I mean, I love the first movie. It looks like Kurt Pretty Russell. He looks like Kurt Russell from the movie Bone Tomahawk, but like if he was in Rogue One. Yeah, right? there you go. There you go. That's pretty cool. That Nebula figure's pretty sweet, and the rocket's badass. Yeah, no. And the face that they got on the Peter Quill, man, that's way better than they had in the first series. I mean, that fucking looks yep. just like Pratt. That's that's pretty rad, dude. <laughs> right? they, they nailed they nailed the fucking face for him. That, that's yep. really rad. I mean, it looks exactly like them. Yeah, no, the, the first series was great for the first film, but man, they definitely up the ante for this uh, for the second film series. Really cool. So yeah, for toy collectors, uh, check those out. Those, those are nice figures, man. Really nice action figures. This is here in the gallery. In the gallery, you'll find amazing toys from Marvel's uh, Studios' big 2017 releases: Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming, including your first look at Kurt Russell's. Ego, the living planet. I cannot believe they actually are doing this. That's so amazing. The living planet. And uh, Michael Keaton's Vulture, of course, from uh, Spider-Man Homecoming is going to be uh, displayed. In... That's awesome. cool. You get to see what the figures look like, so we'll know what he looks like in the movie. Well, we see what Ragn- he looks like in the movie in the trailer. He looks like yeah, but it's very, Frank, but it's, Franco Green Goblin 3. No, but it's, it's kind of like yeah, very quickly. Like... The shots are too quick to really tell, like, Full detail in the trailers, but it says here while Thor Ragnarok was a uh, was teased during the presentation, no images or toys were forthcoming. Uh, Guardians two opens May fifth, Homecoming uh, July seventh, and uh, Ragnarok November third. So that's why probably they're still not sure anything for Ragnarok. Wow. <coughs> well, it's coming out at the end of summer. It's coming out in November July. 3rd. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, no, July seventh, and Ragnarok is November third. Yeah. 
I don't really yeah. care about Thor. End, three. end of the year. Doctor Doctor Strange is in it. That's about the only homecoming thing is uh, homecoming is coming out on July seventh. Really Which actually, it's kind of weird. They should have re- they, re- they released it for the Fourth of July weekend and gone for that push. Yeah. You know, yeah, because Spider Man is the American hero. Wait, well, no, Spider Man, well, no, but here's, here's the thing: Spider Man is the biggest selling comic book figure in the, on the planet, not only in America but on the planet. Uh, I don't know if you knew that or not, but uh, you know, toy wise, yeah, no, no, Daily Butthole Spidey told me about a million times. It yeah, is. no, he really is. I mean, that's not even a joke. Spider Man sells more than anything else. Um, I think, I, I, think I, 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 I don't believe it because I know way more Batman fans than I know Spider Man fans, and even in the yes. Japanese people I know like. But Batman here's your, here's the thing: little kids love Spider Man. Love Spider Man. Every kid on this planet, where they're kids and they're like you know two, three, four, five, six, seven year olds, Spider Man is like their number one hero. It's just it's the way it's been for the last twenty years, thirty years. Before that, it was Superman back in the sixties, seventies, and you know to the mid eighties. But when Spider Man came out with a TV show in the eighties and the comic books blew up in the eighties, Spider Man took over as the king. Nobody rivals him when it comes to sales. They they haven't in many many decades. And I mean, I, I didn't believe that until I read it. Man, really? I mean, like, I, yeah. No, here's the thing: when it comes when it comes to toys, merchandising, uh, novelty items, everything that that is sales related, Spider-Man outsells Batman like ten to one. That's insane for me to even think. I mean, I know it's true. I've seen pie graphs. Daily Butthole Spidey would give me figure after figure because I would tell him about how much I don't care about Spider-Man, and like I, I've seen the pie charts and I've heard about it, but like. It's just beyond me because everybody I know that like has a ridiculous love for any certain hero, it's always Batman. You know what I mean? Like, of course, because well, the thing is, Batman fans are more passionate about the character because of his tragic, you know, uh, story of his parents passing away. But Spider-Man fans buy all the crap. The parents buy right. all the spider crap. Not only not only that, let's be realistic. Spider-Man has be- a much cooler uh, rogue uh, villain uh, gallery of rogue villains. Uh, Spider-Man has a much cooler effects than Batman, not, which not is more darker. Batman. Batman has yeah, like cooler I, I, I don't know, but Spider-Man's rogue villains are pretty fucking epically cool, dude. Yeah, they're only really cool when they show outside, the, outside of the Joker, uh, which is an epic character, and the Riddler. What else is there in in, in Batman's universe that is really oh, that, that cool? Killer Croc. Deadshot, um, uh-huh. Deathstroke. These are all. And, and Spider Man doesn't have everything that can rival that in Densum? He's got the Shocker. He's got Electro. I mean, these are lame ass villains, bro. Like, basically, like Kingpin's cool. Doc, Doc on, Ock. Yeah. Hold on. Doc Ock, which is an awesome character. Doc Ock. Come on. That's a, he, an awesome Doc, character. Octopus is cool. Vulture. Vulture. Just because Michael Keaton played him doesn't mean yes. he doesn't look like. Just because. No, no. The Michael yes. Shut it's up, it's Michael, that it's Michael Keaton. It's Michael Keaton. That character's awesome now. It's Michael Keaton. Yeah, well, b- back before Michael <laughs> played him in the comics, he looked like a psychopathic Patrick Stewart in a bad Liberace. The costume. thing is, you got to understand, when it comes to sales, uh, the rogue gallery for Spider-Man outsells the rogue gallery for, for Batman just because of the way they look. They're more comic booky. Kids like that, and that's why it outsells everything else. Spider-Man has more darker-looking characters outside of, like, the Joker and the Riddler, which are more comic booky friendly. That's why those are always the main two characters we go back to when it comes to the main villains. And, and to be honest, I think my... And this is just my uh, personal opinion, but the greatest comic book villain of them all, to me, is the Joker. 
I mean, I don't think there's any other comic book villain that could top the Joker. Ozymandias. No, the Joker. I mean, the, this is, the, the Joker is such an epic character that every time somebody plays the Joker, it's a big deal. Bullseye. I'm a big it's Daredevil a, fan, so I'm going to go with Bullseye. Nowhere near the Joker's epic. Bull, Bullseye killed Daredevil's mom, three of his it's girlfriends. It's not matter compared to the Joker. Well, see, that's the thing. You like Batman. I like Daredevil. So no, it has nothing to do with me liking Batman. It's just it's a simple fact. The Joker is cinematically, comic book-wise, I mean, well, he's the greatest because... cinematic bad guy or comic that's book bad guy. the only time we've ever got to see Bullseye cinematically, we had a goon like Colin Farrell playing him in an awful movie like that Daredevil movie. Like, Yeah, if, but even, but even in Netflix the... If Netflix does a badass um, Bullseye in season three of Daredevil, you can guarantee people are going to think Bullseye is a cool motherfucker. Just like... But even in the comics, Bullseye has never been... Even in the comics, Bullseye has never been as badass as the Joker. Now, Zod, what do you think of this? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, as far as uh, bad guy appeal, I have to agree. I think the Joker is... is I mean, because the Joker is like a household name. Everybody knows who the Joker is. So right. Everybody knows Lex Luthor, too. I mean, so, like, he th- those two must be... Yeah, and he would, he would be number two, actually, on my list. It will be the yeah, Joker and Lex Luthor. Joker yeah. and then Lex Luthor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's one thing I can say, that DC definitely has more recognizable villains than, say, Marvel. Because well, because they Marvel got Gene Hackman are... and... They got Gene Hackman and Jack Nicholson to play him, and fucking old people liked the, those guys when the movies came out. <laughs> and actually, one villain that I would think w- I would I would probably see as you know top three or four material, but uh, Marvel has just underused them or used them poorly would be the Red Skull. As a villain, yeah. comic really book wise, the Red Skull is a badass yeah, villain, and they've just misused them completely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, no, no, and then no, they, they had opportunities. They had opportunities to bring him back, and they never did. So it it kind of sucks. Because he is such a high-profile villain, I would agree. I'd say that Red Skull is essentially uh, Marvel's Joker. That's like they're, you know, yeah. in terms of, yeah. Actually, actually, I go with Green Goblin. I mean, as much as I just made fun of fucking Spider-Man's villains, Green Goblin's probably the closest Marvel has to a Joker, and with with recognition because he even showed up in that Stephen King trucker movie with the evil trucks. Like there was the Green Goblin truck. He's pretty recognizable, and ca- um, parents know him and stuff. So I, I. I I'd have to put him really high up there with at least Red Skull when it comes to recognizable, unfamiliar villains from the Marvel canon. And Bullseye. And Bullseye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, with these uh, action figures from that link I just dropped to you guys, uh, <clears throat> this is pretty cool. It says, uh, on the store, uh, Star Wars front, uh, you'll find lots of new Black Series figures and much more, uh, though nothing from Star Wars The Last Jedi beyond the initial packaging uh, the Last Jedi doesn't open until December 15th, of course, so don't expect too many toy previews uh, until we get closer to the uh, Force Friday the 2nd on September 1st. Uh, that's the one toy line I'm dying to see what they look like, the uh, the Last Jedi. Uh, but I, you know what? It's funny because I'm looking at the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, two toys, right? And where it looks epic, and, I, and we get to see what Kurt Russell looks like. I almost don't want to see the toys for the Star Wars one. I want to wait till, like they, they should come out after the movie. Comes I don't out. even want to see a trailer for Star Wars. Yeah, when it comes to the black um, label figures, I just want more um, more characters from Rogue One in different outfits because the ones that I have they're cool, but like yeah. they're just so limited the ones that they have. So I'd like to like get like maybe Jyn Erso in like the um the rebel uh, in the the imperial like um flagger 
uniform, yep. maybe Diego Luna in in the Imperial uniform. Like those would be cool to get. Like that, that's what they that's what I want to see them put out more than like spoiling what the characters are going to look like in the next film. Like, yep, I agree. I just, if anything, they should just put out more cool Rogue One figures for the for the line. I'm with Zod though. I don't. I don't want to see even a trailer. I I just. I don't want to see anything. Just. I know the movie's coming out. Believe me, I know. Uh, I'm going to see it. Believe me, I'm going to be there opening day, and uh, you know, opening weekend. I'm going to probably see it like three or four times. Uh, So you you have don't you have nothing to worry about. You're not going to lose my ticket uh, money. So you know that Disney just relax. Don't put shit out. You know what? Don't put any other toys out. Don't put any trailers out. Put you know what? Put a very silent trailer. There's something very quick, like maybe a teaser, uh, uh, which is like, like the, the screen. That's the title. Just the title and a little bit of the music. Dun, five seconds. Then the, the the actual name, and then darkness. Or, or, we don't have to see anything else. I want to see a single frame from the movie. Uh, you know what? They could do something like what they did with the uh, the, the uh, Force like Awakens trailer, though. No, they can, they can they can have like a, a a scene or something or like a quick shot or something that doesn't even end up in the movie. Just something that they completely gets completely cut off and and, they, and it gets uh, tossed in the cutting room floor and just give me something from that. So when I see the movie, I literally have not seen a frame from this movie in a trailer because that I think would be a great way to sell the movie. Just to give me something if, that looks epic. And that's it. Something what quick. if they do it like you remember like um when um like the Dark Knight and Rises were coming out they hit the first teasers where it just had the bat logo and you just heard quick dialogue from the film something like that exactly so they just to like build that the, the hype Star Wars logo just blazing in the black but the, the point like, is give me as little bit of the actual film as possible because I want to when I go see this thing I don't want to have any preconceived notions of anything I just want to see it and just you know be like a little kid again watching Star Wars at the, at right. the cinema well because for and, me the the Force Awakens trailer sucked, man. I I had oh, I loved I loved them for that film. I I loved them, but you you realize, you realize now when you watch those trailers how little of the trailers were actually in the film. Yeah, same with Rogue One, and people are trying to be like, oh, they reshot it because they knew they were garbage. It's like, no, they just used dailies that they had filmed <clears> at the time, and they put them out thinking like, oh, it's just Star Wars, and people will be so excited when the fucking thing comes out, they're not going to realize that hey, right. those aren't the same shots that we saw in the movie. Like I, I will go even. I will go more extreme than those those two movies, and I would show you even less of the actual film, because they still showed some stuff. But I mean, I would show even less and make it so you see literally nothing from the actual movie in the trailers. Give you stuff from the cutting room floor and just leave it at that, and and tease you, completely tease you. I think building that anticipation, especially when it, when it's Star Wars, guys. Everybody on the planet knows Star Wars is opening up. There's not one person who's not informed at this point that we're going to get a Star Wars movie in December. Everybody knows it. So remember five seconds at a time, they might need like a trailer. No. Or at least somebody to remind them. Once December hits and Star Wars is about to come out, believe me, everybody's going to be talking about Star Wars. When Celebration comes out in a couple of months, everybody's going to be talking about Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars is like, I mean, they made a billion dollars twice, back to back years now. Actually, made two billion and then a billion. So and it's probably gonna be like three billion. Yeah, no, no, no. After this yeah, one, so. Force Awakens finally made more money than um, Avatar, right? It's the topest grossing film of all time. Maybe yeah, domestically, there, right? it, domestically is the uh, number one movie ever. Good. Yeah. Uh, but um, Avatar, but Avatar like, had it was like at what seven hundred million, and uh, and Force Awakens made nine hundred million, so it blew right by it. But um, honestly, like aside from um, Doctor Strange. 
Force Awakens was like the biggest surprise because like I went in, I the trailers were awful, just like for Doctor Strange, but the movie just really, really performed well. So like I, I'm probably not when the trailers come out, but I'm just not gonna bother watching them just because like I, I don't think that I for some reason it looks like Marvel and and Disney like that that section of Disney isn't really good at making trailers anymore. No, I, I don't I don't think that's the case. I don't think they make trailers that are like meant to deceive you. So when you see the movie, you're blown away by what you actually see in the film, and you don't have any. And that's what I think what happened with, it, with you probably. I personally I like the trailers. I thought they were excellent for Force Awakens and for uh, Rogue One. They made, like they made me so. think that Ray was going to be a snotty little bitch and like a character that I, I never I never see but I never got that from that character from the trailer so th- that's Well, I mean, it was just, a pleasant yeah. surprise when I went and saw the movie and she was actually very adorable and a lovable character so I mean like it all worked out well but I mean like I, I didn't like going in thinking like, oh man, I'm wasting money. And but again, yeah, but again that that's just you cuz I didn't I didn't get that from the trailers. Besides, did you get that from the trailers? No, Jackal, no. they should have put out a trailer of fucking Chewbacca taking a shower, said, this is the new Star Wars film, and you'd be like, that's an amazing trailer! Cause that's but that's not neither that's here nor there. You're, you're missing the point, though. That's not the point. The point is that I, I didn't get that feeling of her from watching, the, or from watching the trailer. But look, the point I'm trying to make with the toys here, going back to what I was trying to say early on, is that uh, you know I don't want to see even the toy lines. Uh, for the Star Wars movie, because that's going to tell us what the characters look like. And there's a lot of new characters, like Benicio del Toro is in this movie. I don't want to see what he looks like. I want to see that on the big screen when I see it for the first well, he's time. He's going to be her dad, so he's going to kind of look like her, I guess, right? No, he's not, I don't think he's playing her dad. That's what I read. I thought that they said that Benicio del Toro is going to play Ray's dad on the, in the movie. No. Uh, I don't know where you read that, but... I mean, see, the right there... Spider, man. Right, 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 right... Right, right there, you're spreading fake news, and we don't like that around here. Stop, stop spreading fake news out there. Stop doing it. Don't Bro, do it. I, something fake I news, read. man. Fake news. Oh, and last last don't week I did spread some fake news. It wasn't Tom Holland that I saw as James Bond. It was Jamie Bell. They look a lot alike. All right, it was Billy Elliot, not Tom Holland. But if you see pictures of them side by side, they look a lot alike. My bad. So I did yes. spread fake news last week, but it was an accident. All right. Anyway, guys, uh, let's see. We got the top ten box office uh, films for the weekend. Uh, the estimates are in, and we're going to go over that here in a second. Uh, you guys ready? I know we haven't seen most of these films, but uh, yeah, some of them we have. Uh, number ten this week: uh, A Cure for Wellness. Made I want to see that, man. That looks fucking twisted. It looks good. Really? I haven't. Uh, I haven't seen it. Who's in that? It's uh, Jane Jason okay. Isaac, right? That creepy little guy that was Harry Osborn in Amazing Spider-Man 2 is in it. I don't know the actor's name. Oh, cool. Oh, the, uh, Dane DeHaan. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a good actor. He's good. Yeah, no, he's good. It's a creepy yeah. little horror movie, so he's perfect for the role. Yeah, yeah Gore Ver, uh, Verbin, Verbinski is the director, right? He's, he's a pretty good director, you know, for indie movies and stuff. But uh, everybody check that out. But uh, see, number oh, nine, Lava. Looks like it's good. It was number nine, La La Land, with four point five million uh, against a musical. So I have nothing to say. <clears throat> it's going to win Best Picture and all kinds of Oscars. God, I hope not, but probably. Number eight, A Dog's Purpose, with five point five million. So, okay. so has anybody found out what that one's about? Is it like Bud Air, like we were talking last year, or Air Bud, or is, is it like more of a? <laughs> it's, an Air Bud, it's an Air Bud reimagining. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's normalized, though. It's very normalized. Uh, it's like a airbud. I love it. <laughs> it's a normalized airbud. Uh, number seven, the movie Split, which again is a completely Great. re-energized M. Night Shyamala, Malama, Ding Dong's career. And uh, now he's a viable director again. Shout-outs to uh, Malama. Anyway. Uh, number six, Hidden Figures uh, with seven million, seven point one to be exact. Uh, hidden Figures, uh, not, nothing hidden about that. That's seven million for the weekend. Uh, number five, Fist Fight with twelve uh, million. Uh, Fist Fight, huh? Warner Brothers uh, new release. It's like a, it's like a, re- it's like a remake of uh, that eighties movie Three O'clock High. Yeah, but oh. with a good cast of Charlie Day and Ice Cube. I gotta. Oh, Charlie Day and Ice. Oh man, doing Three and O'clock Tracy, High. And Tracy and Tracy Morgan and Tracy Morgan's in this thing, so. I might be watching Fist Fight. I'm just saying. No, I mean like that. That's that's a great cast, and the premise sounds good. Yeah. I love Three O'clock High. So Three O'clock High is a great movie. So yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is like the teachers are fighting now, not the students, right? It's like yeah. News. Yeah. Which uh, very plausible storyline. Uh, <laughs> made twelve million for the weekend. Uh, at least that's the estimate. It's a brand new release, so this is the first week of release. Uh, number four, last uh, week was number three. Number four this week is John Wick, Chapter 2, with $16.5 million. And uh, it, it didn't cost a whole lot to make, so it's already turned a profit, which is good. And I uh, know they're making Chapter 3, apparently, it's uh, in the works, so I'm happy it's about that. It's a trilogy. Oh, my God, really? No, no, no. It, it, yes. No, it's, it's planned to go on as a long yeah. series, man, from what, like, Keanu and the writers As long as they turn a profit and they make a little bit of money, then they start, you know, maybe making more and more. Uh, as they go along, yeah, it's going to probably be. Uh, that's how, a, that's how they're going to they're going to continue to to build John Wick's reputation, and eventually they'll do a prequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah with, with Ezra Miller, I guess. John, John Wick, tra- <laughs> John Wick, tra- uh, chapter. You and Ezra Miller. Yeah. Ezra Miller looks like he could play a young Keanu Reeves or Justin Long. Justin or Long the kid, or the Ever. kid that the, the kid that does the voice of Ezra on uh, Rebels. He's he yeah, Ezra Miller. No, he could do a young Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Moving on. Number three, in a new release, and a movie that I, I thought it was going to make a whole lot more money than this. It's, it, I guess you, you consider this tanking, uh, considering the fact that it's a Matt Damon, Matt Damon, and Willem Dafoe movie. Uh, the movie, the, the Great Wall, opened oh. up to just $18 million. Yeah, but that was available on bootleg for like three months already, so yeah, that's yeah, probably that, what that's, killed that's that. That's the thing is it came out, it, it's a Chinese movie, so like it, it's it's all over the place already on bootlegs. Not to mention, it, it looks neat, it really does. I like that it's got a Western cast, but aside from that, it kind of looks like same flying Chinese guys, different movie. I mean, like that's yeah, I mean, all overs- China put out these days. Overseas has already banked about $244 million, so it's done pretty well overseas. Uh, but I thought it still would have done a little bit better than 18 million here at the, at the state. I thought at least 25, 30 million, um, you know, around there would have been a safer bet. But 18 million is a little bit of a performance. I know a lot of people that went and saw it. They said it was a really good, like, just fun, yep. disposable little popcorn film. So, I mean, it's not going to be a bad watch if you guys decide to go see it, from what I understand. Matt Damon. Uh, number two of this week. And uh, it was two last week. It was two this week again uh, with $20 million, uh, 50 Shades Darker. Of course, Zod Rider's favorite movie yep, franchise Zod of Rider's. all times. Yep. You'd only like it better if Zack Snyder directed it. Oh, that'd be very dark. Wow. That'd be a super dark 50, <laughs> 50 <laughs> Shades Darker be, night. That'd probably yeah. be, that, that'd probably be that, that, that rape scene. 
the Batman, yep, Batman in it. Prison yeah. rape Fifty scene. Shades of the Dark Knight. Yeah, <laughs> the rape the rape scene will be definitely in there. And, and number Snyder one, Vision. with oh, no. Snyder smell. Yeah, baby. And number one this week again. Uh, number one last week. Number one this week. The Legos Batman movie brought in thirty four point two million. Uh, at least that's what they're estimating for the weekend. Uh, so number one again, back to back weeks. The Lego Movie. Biggest earning top rated DCEU movie of all time. Go well on that, that kick Henry Cavill's ass. But the in a couple is, weeks, it's a, it's probably about a hundred million dollars in in a, in a couple weeks. Uh, that's impressive for a fucking Lego movie. Well, the funny thing is, is um, it was on the. It's got great, Jimmy it's, Fallon it's show. great, man. It's got great dialogue. It's a great movie, man, really. I know. Fun. That's what's killing me. It's the best hilarious. DC has to offer. <laughs> that's the crazy part. <laughs> uh, I feel so bad for DC. It's fantastic. Really <laughs> it's so fantastic. Well, the point is, like on the Jimmy Fallon show, they recreated the scene where um, with Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck, where like they meet each other in um, Dark Knight, and Will Arnett comes up to him, and they totally snub him and basically tell him Legos don't matter. Which, yeah, uh, Will Arnett's really the one with the hit film that's making all the money. So Michael Sarah's in this thing, Rosario Dawson's in this thing, Ralph Fiennes or Fiennes, whatever you pronounce his name, Zach Galifianakis is in this thing, uh, Mariah Carey is a voice in this movie. I mean, it's, this is the best DC really has put out in, in a very long time. Funny thing is, we've been making fun of for years, ever since they said that Jesse Eisenberg was going to be a DC villain, that Michael Sarah was going to show up and probably be a great DC villain, and that's kind of came and happened. Who does? I think I think Michael Sarah hmm. plays uh, Robin in the movie, though. Yeah, but still, yeah, yeah. he was he didn't play a villain, but he's he's in it. Well, everybody thought after uh, the cast, what's his face uh, as the. As Lex Luthor, that Michael Cera was for sure going to play like the Riddler or something. <laughs> Probably, yeah. yeah. Michael Cera as the Riddler. I can actually kind of see that in a uh, weird twisted I, way. I can, see, I can see him replacing um, Jared Leto as the Joker in Suicide Squad too. No, that I cannot see. No. With the one one piece of fan rumor, that, and we're almost out of time because we we got to go in a couple minutes here. But one piece of fan rumor that I, that I heard, speaking of uh, Suicide Squad and the Joker, which kind of like made me think, hmm, that's interesting. This could be possibly interesting. Uh, that that Joker we saw in the movie, the one that Jared Leto's playing, it's not the real Joker, but it's the uh, it's uh, actually the uh, the Robin uh, that died. Um, the Red Hood Robin was named Jason Todd. Uh, Jason Todd. The, the, the Jason Todd. Uh, yeah, that's been, because uh, in the comics, he actually yeah, in the comics he uh, for a little bit takes the mantle of the Joker as well. He does like some stuff like the Joker, and the uh, whole Robin, you know, the Red Robin or the Red Hood is you know from that kind of like you know, the Joker um, you know storyline. Uh, so I mean, why not it be that maybe this is Jason Todd and not the real Joker, and that's why he felt so like weird and off, and he is just playing the the character of the Joker because the real Joker is dead or something. Because he eventually killed. Or him. the real Joker's in hiding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, mean, yeah. I, well, I hope he shows up as the Red Hood soon because Red Hood's probably one of my favorite DC characters. I love Under the Red Hood. That's probably one of my favorite Batman now, books. Here's it's the thing. definitely my favorite animated film. So oh, if yeah. if you put Jared Leto as uh, the under the, if you put him as the Red Hood, I'd completely buy that over him as the Joker because at this point he was terrible as the Joker. Now, if it's because he's not the real Joker, that's why it was in really it didn't feel like the Joker. And then we get well, get to see the real Joker come on the next movies. 
that I could buy. And then they can explain that the reason why he's so fucking loopy is because they dipped him in the Lazarus pits and he came back to life insane because that's what happened to Jason Todd. And that's why he was right. so fucking nuts when he came back as the Red Hood. So that could actually explain a lot of things. And it might be cool if they actually write that in. Yeah, that'd be yeah. actually a good excuse. That'd be a yep. good out for Jared Leto. I don't know if it'll be a good out, but it'll be a good character twist, which actually might make him want to stick around and play the Red Hood. I mean, right. uh, it'll give him all kind of. It'll actually give him his own movie if he wants as the you know under the Red Hood, and you can actually make an entire movie of just that storyline with him. So I mean, that that could be a win-win for Warner Brothers if they decide to go that route. Um, I don't know. That, that's been a rumor that I just heard about recently. You said that's a rumor that's been around for a while, Zod. Yeah, that was a, a rumor that uh, started when Batman v Superman came out. Yeah, when they showed the armor, the the, the spray painted armor of Robins, and when Batman looks at it, a lot of people were tying a lot of things in with the death of the family and under the Red Hood storylines to that. Well, I mean, I just recently and then heard it. it they, makes sense. And then they remember they said it was Harley Quinn that killed Robin. So that was a little that was a hint there too. Hmm. Oh, she could kill me any day, man. Oh. You guys can hate that movie all you want, but you, I know you guys got fast hands when it comes to her. Zai, do you want to take, uh, take that question? No, not really. <laughs> oh, you, really, Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn's not hot? Okay, you guys. You oh, guys no, are, I never said that she wasn't hot. I'm just saying the fast hands. Hot. Just, whatever, yeah. dude. I, you know. yeah, whatever, I don't really, dude, yeah. I don't have oh, a jacket to that kind of stuff, I'm sorry. I got my VR porn, bro. I don't need <laughs> yeah. Harley Quinn. <laughs> yeah, there you know, go. I can have Harley Quinn anytime, dude. My In VR, motherfuckers. Snyder Vision porno. <laughs> Guys, we're all out of time here on the Roundtable Show, but stick around. PSN Radio, more live radio. I do believe we have the Rich Giordano Show coming up here in a couple minutes. Uh, so that's going to be a whole lot of fun. Till then, a little bit of music is going to be played. This has been a lot of fun. We'll be back next week around the same time, 8 p.m. Eastern, on the round table. So, uh, guys, uh, stay classy. Yeah. Good night. Good night. Peace. <laughs>